Brent Martineau. You see him every day on CBS 47, Fox 30, Action Sports Jack. Austin Lane. He's a former Jack star and current MMA fighter. Broadcasting live from the Anna Jar and Levine studio. This is Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690 and ESPN690.com. Hey, we have ourselves a game day finally for the Jacksonville Jaguars. All the off-season talk, all the off-season drama from Telvin Smith not playing in 2019 to Leonard Fournette and Sky Action News Jacks flying over his arrest, which was probably much to do ado about nothing. And Yannick Ngakwe's contract situation, Jalen Ramsey making more and more headlines, uh, even if he wasn't even trying that hard to do so in 2019 in the offseason. Nick Foles, the new quarterback of the Jacksonville Jaguars. So here we go. All of that and so much more comes to fruition a little bit tonight in the opener of the preseason in 2019. Jaguars, Ravens, Brent Morton here live at M&T Bank Stadium in Baltimore. We've been here all week long. Action Sports Jacks, Austin Lane back in the studios as well here on ESPN 690. And, man, we get to talk about a football game. Hope you're doing well, fired up. Chug a beer, something like that. <laughs> I mean, I can't chug a beer. Yeah, I still have to go to MMA tonight. Maybe, <laughs> maybe like after practice, I, I I can chug a beer or whatever. Um, I saw nothing. I saw nothing. Easy, Scott. Easy now. Easy. We're just getting the show started here. Uh, there's no beer chugging going on in the studio. That Brent's gone. There might be a keg, but it is what it is. Uh, but no, Brent, I am excited, man. This is, uh, and I get it. You know, it's preseason. We may not see a lot of the starters, but it's still football season. I mean, it's still, you're going out there, you're watching a product of the Jacksonville Jaguars, you're seeing the helmet, you're seeing the jersey. This is a real game. So, yes, I am excited for it. Yeah, and the expectation is we won't see a lot of the big-name players. We talked a little bit about that yesterday. I thought you summed it up from a player's perspective and really from being around the NFL. And we've all kind of seen these things play out. We talked a little bit about the philosophical change, even in the last few years, about preseason game number one. And some players around, some star players around the league will play tonight. It uh, looks like Kyler Murray's going to play mm-hmm. and get his feet wet in the NFL. So we'll talk a little bit about those guys. But you said it. Uh, from an injury standpoint, if you're nicked up at all, and from a competitive battle standpoint, if you don't need to show someone something, meaning the coaching staff and the GM, well, then you're probably going to be on the uh, side of caution here in preseason game number one. You still have weeks two and three to get a bunch of reps in. And uh, I'll also reiterate what I said yesterday. The fact that they practiced against the Ravens, there was more work than maybe normal in a normal training camp week, a little bit more intense. And so the Jaguars and I think... uh, a lot of those starters, big names from Foles to Campbell to Ngakwe, uh, all those guys I think feel like they got a good amount of work in this week, whether they take the field here or not right behind me. And, uh, you know, it's it stinks in a way, Austin, because we'd love to see everybody play uh, and we'd love to see people play a lot. But even if they did play... We're not talk. We're talking a few snaps, right? I mean, you get yeah. excited for, and we've lived this roller coaster before. Everybody in the NFL has, all fans of teams have, where oh boy, you get excited. I remember it was the Jets, like a few years back, where the Jaguars came out uh, in that first preseason game, and they looked good, man. Their offense was clicking. They were running the ball, and they were throwing the ball, and they ended up 3-13. and 13. <laughs> Well, and, and you know, and that's the thing. Like, what you see tonight, you kind of take with, with a grain of salt a little bit. Now, I mean, if you see a good play, if a receiver makes a great catch, um, if a running back makes a good cut, I mean, those are things that you can kind of add towards the season, right? But, um, you know, as far as, like, say, if Gardner Minshew throws an interception, 
Don't hit the panic button just yet. It's going to be okay. You know, he's still a rookie after all. So, yeah, I mean, you have to be excited because it's really the first game of, you know, for the Jaguars. But you kind of have to take with a grain of salt, too, in the fact that, number one, not a lot of stutters are going to play. Number two, like, as far as, like, the schemes are concerned, it's going to be very, very just, you know, basic. Um, You're not going to see a lot of exotic stuff, I feel like, tonight. So just take everything with a grain of salt. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, I almost have rooted for a bad camp this year. And the reason being, if you take the last two years, 2017, it was not a good training camp. There were a lot of concerns coming out of that camp. And then what happened 2017, they kick the crap out of Houston in the opener and they go on and have a great year, one of the best years in franchise history. Last year it felt like camp was good, smooth everybody was, uh, I wouldn't say smooth because there was a lot of quarterback talk still last year, but overall it felt like a pretty good camp until the end when Marquise Lee got hurt and that knee blew up. So and then look what happened. It was a miserable season. So I, I think you've got to take the preseason with a grain of It just doesn't mean anything. The ultimate example of this is uh, the Detroit Lions, what, go 4-0 and and, and then 0-16. And it, it's just it's just the way it is. It's just not real a real deal. It's just not a real good evaluation of what a football team will be when they play on Sundays. And players for years have talked about this, Austin. You can speak to it. The intensity from preseason to the regular season, and then even the regular season to the postseason. I mean, we're not talking about just an amped-up level. We're talking about three or four notches up the ladder that things ramp up so much so it just feels like a different sport sometimes. Well, I'll, I'll take your word for the postseason because I actually <laughs> never had the opportunity to go to the postseason, but I assume it gets ramped up a little more. Yeah, but you have to remember, too, I mean, if you're a young guy trying to make the team here, Brent, if you're a rookie, you're going to come into this game guns a blazing you know you're gonna be giving 100 percent now yes there are some seasoned vets out there that probably won't be giving 100 percent during the preseason but once again especially in week one of the preseason you don't expect them to play that much uh but i'm saying if, if you're kind of on the bottom of the roster like i was you know in kansas city or in chicago i approached the preseason as if it was a game you know um as far as my routine was concerned um i didn't change up anything as far as my mentality was concerned i didn't change up anything because we always say it the eye and the lie um, i'm sorry that the eye in the sky does not lie and if you're a rookie just trying to make a team if you're an undrafted free agent trying to make the team even if it doesn't work out on the team you're on right now like in jacksonville you still have that footage out there you have that film that other teams are constantly looking at other scouts are constantly watching and you might get a shot someplace else so while you may not see you know the the the, the perspective of the vets really given 110 percent i think as far as the, the like the, the first year guys maybe the second year guys or guys trying to make the team they're definitely going to be playing all out. All right. Well, listen, we're going to get into it in a bit, and I want to get right into it, is give me three guys that you want to watch on the offense, three guys on defense that you want to keep an eye on, with the caveat that assume most of the guys are not going to play that are frontline guys. So you got to dig deep on the roster. We talked a little bit about this yesterday, but I want to truly identify three guys here, three guys there, offense, defense, and that way it gives the fans and Jags fans something to look forward to tonight in the TV broadcast on Fox 30 when the game kicks off at 7.30. We'll have pregame coverage starting at 7 with a half-hour show countdown to kickoff on TV. So we'll pretty much be in this spot from mm-hmm. now all the way until 
like midnight tonight, whether it's radio or TV. And it's a beautiful day. You know, around this time, the last couple of days, we've had storms here in the Baltimore area. It's a beautiful day. You can tell the sun keeps coming in and out a little bit. But uh, it's hot when the sun is out. There is a little bit of a breeze. It'll be interesting for the kicking game tonight. And I think Joe D. Camillus and the special teams guys will get a feel for some of that because the wind has swirled pretty much most of the day. So I would expect that to continue throughout the afternoon and into the evening for guys like uh, uh, Logan Cook and, and Josh Lambeau. It could challenge them and the punt return guys, uh, too, to kind of judge some of the punt returns in the wind. Uh, so we will definitely get into that. All right, man, we talked yesterday, and I wanted to get this from you. Can you give us, like, a game day story of somebody that, like, screws up the game day logistics yeah you said screws up the game day logistics like uh, how so like what do you what do you mean by well, that just i think there's a lot that goes into we were talking about it and then you your first one you didn't play until the regular season because exactly. you missed things with the the hamstring and and that powder you were taking uh, <laughs> hey first of all it was called jack 3d okay not powder like i was picking up my nose brand you're making it sound like oh, it was geez. worse than it was i well, wasn't that, even thinking well, that's that. kind of what you were getting at i feel like all no, right no no i was thinking of the what is it called jack 3d jack yeah, 3d yeah. it was a supplement supplement that's yes right. so yes that hampered the hamstring yeah um so but we talked about it a little bit yesterday like uh, say when you went into a game, or did you have to practice to come out of a game? You know, like the right time to come out, or a substitution come out? Sure. Is that trickier at all, or is it just, uh, come on, man, it's football, we've been doing this all No, so, uh, I'll, you know, I'll share a little bit with you. So, every, I mean, every player's got their own routine that they go through, right? Um, it took me a little bit to get... I guess initiated in my routine because I was a very high strung, um, a very high emotional player as you could probably imagine. So it didn't take me much to get warmed up, didn't take me much to get going. So, uh, you know, like the very, probably like my first season, you know, in Jacksonville, um, especially when it's, you know, the, the start of the season and you're playing at home, it's pretty warm out there, you know? So I remember like one of the very first games that I played in in Jacksonville, I went out. Um, got warmed up and everything, started running around, you know, I'm hyped up, and it was like, it felt like 100 degrees, and I go back in, um, exhausted, <laughs> to say the least, and I remember, like, standing there for the National Anthem thinking, like, I may need some more Pedialyte because I may cramp up during the National Anthem, like, I, I, I just, you know, expended myself too much, so then after that, I started to do a little, I mean, basically just kind of take a little more easier in terms of the pregame warm-up, which is easier said than done when you had a coach like Joe Cullen who made it like it seemed like every every game was you know like the Super Bowl so you had to kind of exert yourself as much as possible but the biggest thing that I did for pregame warm-ups was uh it was me and a guy by the name of Zach Potter who was a Never tight end his own. yeah who was a tight end and, and you know like back in the day where you could kind of dunk on the goalposts and everything yeah, yeah 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 so we used to have dunk contests on, on the goalposts before the pregame so before like we came out you know as a team um everyone's just kind of warming up by themselves well me and zach potter would have dunk contests on the goalpost and needless to say and you can ask him yourself zach potter never beat me in the dunk contest never never not not once i mean brent i was doing 360s i was bouncing the football off the goalpost like catching it and then dunking it um potter might have been shooting three pointers that's all he had i don't know he, he wasn't doing much so yes i beat him every single time now, did I almost roll my ankle one time doing the dunk contest? I yeah, absolutely that been did. Stupid. Yeah, that that was uh I kinda came down a little too hard one time, throwing a dunk down, hanging on the goalpost, and thankfully nobody saw it. <laughs> 
So uh, I'm going to reach out to Zach Potter right now, actually, on Twitter and verify that he'd ever beat you. Please do. Yeah. yeah. Ask him. Ask him. It, it, ask him in terms of the, the pregame dunk contest that me and Zach Potter had. Ask him if he ever beat me. And um, if he's an honest man, you'll say no. All right. Uh, we'll find out. Uh, by the way, I might have asked you this before. Was there one song, one artist, whatever, <laughs> before a game? I mean, what, what, do you, what do you got? Oh, you just brought me up another story, too, man. So, <laughs> all right. So I like, love story time. I know, man. So the way that it we'll works. We'll break down the Jags in a minute. Sure, More sure. story time. Sure. So <laughs> the, the, the way that it works in a locker room is that everyone gets pumped up by their own way, all right? You have some guys that have the headphones on. Um, sometimes there is, like, a boombox playing that everyone can listen to. And sometimes guys are just deep in their lockers, just, you know, almost like sleeping. You know, they're just kind of thinking about the game uh, with zero distractions. Me, personally, being the high-strung guy that I was, you know I had to have my headphones in blasting music. And uh, <laughs> one, <laughs> I think this was, like, the first home game. And I don't think I even, I don't think I even suited up, but I still wanted to get pumped up. So uh, I was blasting everything, man. I was blasting Dead Mouse, um, LMAFO, uh, 50 Cent. And I remember I was blasting LMAFO, uh Party Rock Anthem. And don't judge oh, yeah. me. Don't yeah. judge me because that song just came out, really, uh, during 2010. It was cool back then. Yeah, yeah. So I, I was all about it. And I remember, like, just sitting in my locker, nodding my head to Party Rock Anthem and Joe Cohen. Because, <laughs> like, the, I, I had, the, had the headphones that I have now. They were both headphones. And uh, needless to say, when you crank them up a lot, sound gets out a little bit. So Joe Cohen comes next to me. He's like, turn the, and I, I can't say the exact quote, but turn that down. That's a little too loud there, Austin. I'm like, oh, no, coach, we got to get pumped up. Uh, so he was kind of smiling a little bit, man, and going back and forth. But, yeah, man, I always had to have the, the music going to my headphones. And then before every single game, when I put the eye black on, I would, pay, I would play uh, Jay-Z, Run This Town Tonight. So. Yeah. That was your one. That's that was the tradition. one. That, when the eye black went on, it was run yeah. this town tonight. And, and you know what? Surprisingly, Puzz never listened to any kind of music. You, you'd think for an intense guy like he is, you know, a, like a weight room warrior like he was, yeah. never listened to any music at all. Didn't have the Air, AirPods. Never. Yeah, I, I was always <laughs> surprised about that. Um, uh, good stuff. Good stories. Uh, those will continue as we go through the season, as as we recollect some of those. Yeah, <laughs> uh, oh yeah. All it takes is a key word to yeah. get you going on story time. I like that. Hey, let's take a break. When we come back, live from M&T Bank Stadium and back in Jacksonville, we will talk about position groups and what the Jags are looking for out of this football game, even without uh, probably a lot of evidence of of star players and big name players there's a lot to learn tonight for this jacksonville jaguars football team and if you're a big jags fan well we hope you listen to the show but that means you're probably intrigued by what happens down the depth chart too uh, we'll talk a little bit more about it as we break out the jaguars depth chart coming up on action sports jacks on espn 690 <laughs> Hey, I'm Jay DeMarcus from Rascal Flats, and this is Action Sports Jacks. Hey, welcome back to Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690. We got a little football today here on Thursday, August 8th. How about that? Camp already kind of flying by, I think. Uh, You know, a little change of pace getting here to Baltimore and practicing against the Ravens for a couple days. Those went pretty well. Uh, A little different storylines. You know, the whole Yannick Ngakwe storyline over the entire couple weeks with the holdout, I think, helped move this thing along. And so here we are. 
uh, in a football game. And I don't want to get too far ahead of ourselves, but the next two football games are kind of fun. Philadelphia Eagles, um, Nick Foles' old team. Oh, yeah. In Jacksonville from tonight. Yeah, there might be a little storyline, and that will be his debut. So how cool is that, really? Uh, that almost like, I should say most likely his debut. I don't want to rule about 100% sure, but we're about 100% sure. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> about today. And... uh so I think that you know that's kind of going to be the unveiling of Nick Foles in a Jags uniform, and I, I don't think by, that had anything to do with tonight's decision making. But it's still kind of cool storyline that the Eagles are coming to Jacksonville next week, and we get that. Uh, that will be an interesting one. How long they play, and then of course the week three down in Miami, also uh, an intriguing game uh, in state uh, opponent, South Florida Dolphins, and. Uh, the game where everybody will play the longest, and we'll see what this team's about over the next two weeks, most likely. Uh, but tonight we get a chance to see what this team's about from a depth standpoint. Brent Morneau here at M&T Bank Stadium live until 6 o'clock. I will duck out for a little bit of TV now and again, uh, so Austin Lane will take it back in Jacksonville uh, in the Action Sports Shack Studios when needed, as he's done a great job of all week long. All right, I want to break down the team a little bit, man. That's Let's what today's it. all about. You yes. know, I've really tried to avoid this in the offseason. I've really tried to avoid going position by position or you know, just how far down the depth chart, but that's what days like today are for and probably the fourth preseason game yeah. are kind of for. And, hey, I got the card, man. I got the card. I know uh, this, is, this is what it's all about. It's all about one card, two-sided, offense, defense, and then uh, in small print where everybody's from. Well, I mean, that, that's, does that's it say cool. who's going to be playing and who's not going to be playing? Because I would love that for my FanDuel lineup tonight. Yeah, well, if I was going to play FanDuel, not saying I'm going to do it. It's preseason after all. Call me later. Okay. But, yes, it does. I'm just not allowed to fully say. <laughs> okay, sounds good. <laughs> it's just kind of the way it is. I mean, yeah. it's just, I'm doing sidelines tonight. Sure. So, I, mean, I will stay by my cell phone and wait, uh, and wait a couple yeah. pictures. Okay, I, sounds good. I can good. tell you this. Yeah. Cam Robinson and Mark Easley are not playing. Yeah, okay. <laughs> uh, that will really, really going on a limb. What about Josh Oliver? Uh, he's not playing. Okay, there we go. We got it. Uh, anybody else? Uh, Quincy Williams, not playing. Yeah. I will tell you this. I, I I heard coming off the practice field on Tuesday uh, because there were supposed to be some interviews with Jawan Taylor, and he hurt his knee a little bit on Tuesday. Now, nothing like, oh, my gosh, he hurt his knee. Yeah. But it got banged up a bit, and I'm interested to see what happens with him tonight. You know, again, if somebody's nicked up, you're usually on the cautious side. Mm-hmm. I do think they'd like to figure out what they have on the offensive line. So that will tell you if he plays tonight, and I think it is an if right now, uh, if he plays tonight, well, then that means, you know, he's fully healthy, ready to go. They're not going to put him in there without even just being a little nicked up. But they yeah. would like to see how that plays out. Cedric Abuehi, how when's Cam Robinson coming back? When's he going to be ready to go? How will he look? Uh, there are a lot of questions on the outside right now for the Jacksonville Jaguars on that offensive line. So keep an eye uh, over these next couple of hours as we get closer. Maybe we'll learn more. When inactives come out, we'll learn more. And also on the TV side, once we go off the air, we'll probably have updates on that leading right into the broadcast. But I think Jawan Taylor is an interesting guy tonight, the rookie out of Florida, second-round pick, who's had a nice camp, was getting first-team reps. But uh, I think he's a bit iffy for tonight. So that is one uh, I will uh, pass along, but not uh, 100% sure on right now. All right, let's go to the offense, man. Let's stay yep. on the offensive line. And you've got uh, Brandon Linder and Andrew Norwell. Are those the only two positions that are locked in? Have to be right. I mean, if you look at for how much they're paying each of those guys, yes, they are your certified starters pending any injuries. Um, besides that, uh, maybe AJ can, you know, but we'll see how 
Will Richardson's been, you know, been doing pretty well, so we'll see what happens with that kind of battle. But yeah, I think it's safe to say right now it's Norwell and Linder, and then that's about it right now as far as what we know. One could assume Cam Robinson when he comes back healthy and Juwan Taylor, but you have to be healthy first. Yeah, let me ask you this, Austin. What do you, you know, uh, what do you think they want to see happen there? Now they don't get to control that. The guys will control that. How they play out here, how they play in practice, how they stay healthy. But do you think right now they would like to see AJ Can win that job? They would like Jawan Taylor to be their right tackle. They would like Cam Robinson to be their left tackle. Do you think that's the way they see it? Want it kind of as they penciled it in for 2019? Good question. Um, so with the with the AJ Can and Will Richardson, um, you know they're both guys that have come up in the Jacksonville system, right? So I think it's a, a probably a horse apiece there because usually um, I think a team would cheer for the guy that you know that that, that, that they drafted that they worked and helped develop now with yeah. that being said will richardson was you know drafted pretty high um and was almost kind of a, a risk because i think coming out of college he did have some injury concerns right away and couldn't play right off the bat so they did kind of take a risk on a red flag right there and will richardson now all things considered um moving from the tackle position to the guard position it seems like he's taken to it like a fish you know in, in water so out of the spot between aj can and will richardson they just want to see the best guy win i think um, from that perspective, you know, I think Will Richardson's definitely intriguing. You know, um, he's the intriguing prospect. But right now, I mean, it's A.J. Can's spot to lose. And if he stays consistent throughout this whole preseason, it's hard to see him l- losing that spot. Yeah, I hear you. I, and I think that's fair. I, and, I, I, again, I'm not saying, you know, I just think they have a vision of this thing. And, and how, and, you know, you've got Tyler Shatley and you have guys like Josh Wells kind of in the in the in the rotation as backups, you have Cedric Abwehi who can play both sides, and you know there's some discussion where if Jawan Taylor's the guy at right tackle and Cam Robinson's not ready to go, Abwehi would slide over there. He's got experience, um, even though he's played a lot of the right tackle position. So it's really interesting to watch this offensive line. I must admit, Austin, you heard me talk all off season about it. I was not as concerned about the offensive line as so many others were. Yeah, uh, but I do think now with the you know, with Cam Robinson taking a little bit longer to come back, and we don't know where he is and where he'll be, and I think we'll end up seeing him next week. Doug Marone hinted at that last week, that we'll pro- he's probably almost ready to go. But, you know, he's still kind of a, a big question mark from an injury standpoint and from a productivity standpoint. How good is he at that position? But they feel like they've built some good depth. I'm not at concerned about the offensive line. I think they're going to do a nice job. They seem to be taken to Coach Warhop and his philosophy much better than they took to Coach Flaherty and his philosophy or coaching style. For whatever reason, that seems to be the rumbling uh, in that room and inside the building. Warhop's doing a nice job with this group. Well, All right. Yeah. Oh, and go I'm ahead, sir. quick say this about Will uh, Richardson as well. Um, this is a guy that's six six. You know, yeah. he, th- this is a, a pretty big dude. Um, obviously playing the tackle position, they move him down to guard. And when you got a guy like AJ Can who's coming in around the six two six three range, you know that three inches. And I get it. You know, it's offensive line, so you may think, well, the height doesn't really play that much of a difference. But I'm just saying, from an aesthetic, from a defensive line's perspective, when you see a six six guard who's big and can move and is strong. That leaves a more that'll leave more of an effect on you watching film than watching a six three guy at guard. I'm just saying. 
Yeah, yeah, I hear you. That's yeah. a good note, too. Uh, good good stuff there. All right, let's go to one more position group on offense, and then I'll um, – because quarterback, obviously, isn't even worth talking about. And to be honest with you, man, I think right now with Josh Oliver Hurd, I'm not really sure if tight end room is worth talking about. We just yeah. have to see if those guys can perform and produce. They really don't have a lot to go with. James O'Shaughnessy, uh, Jeff Swain, those guys are going to have to play, and they're going to have to play well for this offense to click at the tight end spot, at least until Oliver's healthy and shows what he can do. Receiver-wise, we know it's D.D. Westbrook. We know it's uh, DJ Chark and Chris Conley. we got to see what happens with Keelan Cole and his snaps. And then we have to find out when Marquise Lee's coming back and ready to go. And I will say what I've said for a long time. Be careful on Marquise Lee, man. That was a big knee injury. I don't expect much from Marquise the first half of the year. I think he'll try to find himself there. And then in the second half of the year, maybe he hits a groove and finds a groove. And we see the old Marquise. He returns to form and, and progresses. But I don't have a lot of expectations immediately uh, for uh, for Marquis Lee. So I want to hit the running back room real quick. I feel like I left out a wide receiver along the well, way. T- so, I mean, the, the matchup I'm watching tonight is yeah. Keelan Cole and Terrell Pryor. Um, okay, good. I think, uh, that's who I, I left out, Terrell Pryor. It's going to be right there. You know, Terrell Pryor um, has been a veteran in this league for a while now, has showed some glimpses of brilliance, um, but hasn't been, you know, the, the most consistent kind of player. Watching him in training camp, you know, this is a big-bodied guy, 6'4", 232. Um, a guy you can definitely stretch the field with. A guy can be a red zone threat. And then Keelan Cole is almost the opposite, right? He's, he's more of the skinny guy, kind of the speed guy. So when you're talking about that depth chart and down the line of who you want to bring with you in that wide receiver room, um, you know, I think Keelan Cole and Terrell Pryor are two interesting guys, and one may not make the team, so it's definitely a matchup to watch. Yeah, good stuff right there. I'm going to give you a sleeper now, okay? okay? And that's our guy, T. Brady. Tyree Brady yeah. has had a very nice camp. Uh, there will be a conversation down the road as we get you know, toward Labor Day and roster cuts, how many do you keep? Five receivers, six receivers, where's Keelan Cole, where's Terrell Pryor in that mix? How healthy is Marquise Lee? All those questions. But Tyree Brady has done a nice job, and here's what I guarantee you the coaches want to see now. Tyree Brady's done a nice job on the practice field. Can he do it under these lights in an NFL game? We've seen guys swing and miss on that before, mm-hmm. and we've also seen other guys really step up. That's what's helped Keelan Cole make the football team his first year as an undrafted free agent. So, uh, interesting on the receiving front. We're going to take a timeout. When we come back, I want to talk running backs. It's maybe the most fascinating room they have behind Leonard Fournette. We obviously don't expect to see much of Leonard in terms of carries the entire preseason. He is too valuable. I'd give that guy five touches the entire preseason, say, see you September 8th. But I want to see what else they have behind him. They might be too banged up behind Leonard Fournette to find out too much, even on a night like tonight. Let's talk about it a little bit more, and then we'll get to the defensive side of the ball. When we come back, Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690. It's game day, folks. Jaguars and Ravens, we are live on the field at M&T Bank Stadium in Baltimore and back in Jacksonville in the Action Sports Jacks studios. Brent Martineau. You see him every day on CBS 47, Fox 30, Action Sports Jack. Austin Lane. He's a former Jag star and current MMA fighter. Broadcasting live from the Anajar and Levine studio. This is Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690 and ESPN690.com. I tell you what, early MVP of the day and preseason game number one, Stuart Weber. Okay. As I leave the uh, screen for a second. Two waters and a Diet Coke. Nice. Oh, Listen, I don't mind it hot at all, and this is fine. I'm just going to tell you because I want to let you know as I open this Diet Coke that uh, it's hot. 
It's like oh, is it Brent? Because it feels like 107 here today, and that's according to the Weather Channel app. So I heard. Is it really uh, that hot there? Well, there's two things wrong with that. Well, this one thing really. Can you get the Action News Jack's first alert? Uh, weather app, please. Sounds like a lot of work, but I'll get on that. Please, thank you. Okay, uh, sorry. And second, and by the way, it's way better. The Weather Channel app radar yeah. is, is seriously like the worst thing. I love the Weather Channel, mm-hmm. too, okay? Yeah. But the Weather Channel app radar, like it, yesterday's show, it showed that the storm was coming in. You know how you do like the, the future and it goes for like three hours on the radar? Sure. You ever do that? Uh, No. <laughs> no, I don't, because I just kind of peek my head outside, and if there's clouds, I assume it's going to rain. If there's not clouds, we're golden. All right. Well, the rest of America that's listening does this. So okay? yeah. they look at the radar, and they watch it go from, like, 3 to 6. And, and, you know, if you play golf, you really do that. Mm-hmm. Well, I did it yesterday for the show, and this was at, like, 2.30. So that's why I started setting up outside. They said the storm was coming about 4.15, 4.30. So I said, okay, I can do that for an hour, and then I'll jump inside for the remaining two hours. It rained at 3.15. It was off by like an hour and a half. Yeah. So, or an hour at least. Well, and So that it, app, from the radar standpoint, stinks. Okay. And uh, I also heard that uh, that's why you need to get the first alert weather one. And Well, uh, I'm just telling you right now, if I have to use like an email to sign up or log in with my Facebook, I'm not doing it. Okay. Okay. I'm, I'm, I'm just telling you right now. I'm not sure. You might have to. I don't know. Well, but, uh, nope, the other we're thing good. Is, is it really going to be like 110 tomorrow in Jacksonville when we get back? I mean, I heard it's supposed to be super yeah. hot tomorrow. All I'm saying is let's go ahead and bottle that up, Brent, and let's save that for week one against the Kansas City Chiefs. Because yeah, if you remember, I, I have the Jaguars winning week one against the Chiefs, and a big reason is because of the weather. You know, I'm a, I'm a guy who spent a training camp in Kansas City, and believe me when I tell you, um, it is nothing compared to Jacksonville. You know, I mean, the way it was set up was when I got cut from Jacksonville – in the spring, I I, dec- I directly went to the Kansas City then for my training camp uh, to start the season out, and it might have got up to like 85 or 87. And I remember like one of the hottest days, we're in full pads, and like everyone's like, "Oh man, it's hot outside." I'm like, "You guys literally have no idea what you're talking about." No, yeah, it, 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 it's like listen, it's warm right here now. We got a nice breeze, but this warm. I mean, it's been in the upper 80s, I think, and maybe even touched in the 90s uh, yeah. here this week in Baltimore. It's just not even close. It's so different. Uh, the air feels so different, and the mornings and nights are absolutely beautiful. So anyway, I think these guys will have a, have a beautiful night to play football. That's a good thing. Uh, but if you see me start sweating through this shirt, just let me know, and I'll change it. All right, I, I don't even see what color shirt we're rocking. We're rocking that Carolina blue. We, right now, i got a light blue shirt on. Yeah, nice. I'll have about four different costume changes today. I've got a shirt and tie <laughs> over there. i got a polo shirt to wear on the sidelines. Yeah. And uh, so, yeah, I'll, I'll be... Oh, uh, yeah, okay, I see it. Yep, Carolina blue, and obviously I'm, I'm wearing a black shirt because uh, nine times out of ten, I always wear a black shirt, so we're all good to go. That's the fashion uh, part of the show here yes. on Sports Jacks on ESPN. That's what you get. By the way, white jerseys, black pants for the Jaguars. If Thank you. In that, and I know so many people are. It always fascinates me how interested people are in what uniform the team is wearing. But it's a very popular thing. I'm not killing it. Brent, we, we, uh, before we get, get back into the football talk, this is kind of football related. What is the over-under of the length of pant length, I guess, that Alex Magoo is going to be rocking? Because you know dang well he wants to rock off that leg sleeve tattoo that he has. Do you he think the pants... Well, I'm sure there's ways around it. Do you think the pants come past the knees or above the knees? Uh, I'm going to go above. Above the knees with socks down. Yep, I'm calling it now. I'm doing above the knees. I actually rode the elevator with uh, Alex Magoo today. I should have asked him. Yeah. Would have had a better answer. There you go. Uh, Just want to right. know. 
Let's get back to the offense, okay? Uh, running back, I think, is the most fascinating room for the Jags. Here's, here's what you got. You got Leonard Fournette, and then what else do you have? That's really the case. Alfred Blue, how confident are you in him? Raquel Armstead, who's been a little nicked up. We'll see if he even goes tonight. He, uh, he's looked good when healthy in camp. Benny Cunningham, veteran guy. Thomas mm. Rawls has been injured. Devontae Mays fumbled the other day during practice. It got returned for a, uh, a touchdown by the Ravens. I'm just noting one play. That doesn't mean he stinks or anything. It's just one play. Uh, Rock Thomas, uh, who joins the team, but you can't count on him for the first three games because he uh, is suspended for the first three games. And worth noting today, too, is the fact that uh, finally the Cleveland Browns were able to get rid of Duke Johnson. They've been looking for a trade partner, and they got one, and it's the Houston Texans. Yeah. So Duke Johnson now will be in the AFC South uh, for the Texans. That's a pretty good move for Houston, I think. It's a pretty good move for anybody. He's he's a third down back, you know, and uh, I think he still has a lot to play with. So the fact that uh, the Texans picked him up, if you're a Jaguars fan, uh, might make you a little nervous, especially with the Texans' backfield right now. You know, they lost out for blue to the Jaguars. Lamar Miller is kind of a little bit of an enigma to me. You know, I mean, he has some great games. He showed flashes of brilliance last year, but for the most part, it's been kind of inconsistent, especially with a kind of a, a, you know, like an average offensive line. So we'll see what happens there. But yeah, by all things considered, Duke Johnson is very intriguing for the Houston Texans now. All right. Uh, Lamar Miller, by the way, playing for the Texans, not playing quarterback for the uh, Ravens tonight. That will be Lamar Jackson. Lamar Jackson, yes, sir. Uh, if he's even playing. <laughs> All right, so let's talk about these other guys. Do you, yeah. you like you like Blue. You talked about him a bit yesterday, and that's a guy you're going to keep an eye on tonight is Alfred Blue. You know, well, everything mm-hmm. else, man, seems so unknown. I, I mean, I guess Rawls, but he's hurt right now. So, like I said, it's a bit unknown. So here's the thing I'm going to keep an eye on actually the most. Yes, Alfred Blue right now is the backup running back. That's pretty obvious. Um, we know what he's capable of. You know, he, he's a guy that we've talked to a bunch of reporters even in Houston about where he doesn't necessarily do anything excellent. But he does a lot of things well. Okay, so he can catch some passes out of the backfield, just like in that John D. Filippo offense. Um, he can run between the tackles. He can run outside. He can run outside the tackles. So, but once again, doesn't really do anything magnificent. But the guy I'm keeping my eyes on is Benny Cunningham. Now, B- Benny Cunningham is a free agent that the Jaguars got out of Chicago. Uh, he is, I want to say, a seven or eight year NFL vet. So he's been doing it for a while. Started out in St. Louis. Uh, I'm sorry. This is going to be his, his seventh year this year. Okay. So started out in St. Louis, um, went to L.A., and then spent some time in Chicago. Uh, in Chicago, you know, his best um, season in Chicago, 2017, he had 26 receptions. And now I know what you're saying, like, 26 receptions, not that many. And, and I stand correct, actually, his best season was in St. Louis, where he had 45 receptions. But this is the guy that you want out of the backfield to catch the passes. Um, there was a guy by the name of Tariq Cohen, who a lot of people have heard of before, who kind of took over for Benny Cunningham. So he, he was expendable for the Chicago Bears. This is a guy, especially when you got, you know, a, a starting first-year quarterback in Minshew, um, you know, starting his first NFL game, there's a safety blanket there in Benny Cunningham. Now, has he lost his step? Um, is he still capable of you know producing a lot of catches out of the backfield? We'll see. But I think Benny Cunningham is going to be the guy to keep an eye on because, like I've said it, Brent, where Leonard Fournette's going to be that bell cow. He's going to be that three-down back. He can catch passes out of the backfield. He does everything very well. 
but they have to spell him sometimes. You know, you don't want to see Leonard Fournette get 30 carries a game because that breaks down anybody. I don't care how big you are. I don't care how much in shape you are. But when you got a guy that can be the change of pace back, which is so big right now in the NFL, Benny Cunningham might be that guy. And I think we'll see the glimpses of that tonight if he still has it. All right, good thoughts on Benny Cunningham. Of course, I'm interested to see if some of the young guys play a Raquel Armstead. Rock and rock, will they both play? Uh, we'll see about uh, some of the injuries and how they're feeling and how the coaching staff wants to treat that. I do think the depth behind there has been a bit of a concern. I, I think the depth at tight end, the depth at linebacker, the depth at running back, probably the biggest concerns on this football team. And if you want to add a fourth, it would probably be the depth at safety uh, behind the two young guys, Ronnie Harrison and uh, Jared Wilson. At the moment, uh, we're going to take a timeout. When we come back, let's go to the defensive side of the ball, man. Let's talk about it. Let's talk about some of the depth and what we might see tonight. And the star of the defense tonight should be Taven Bryan. Everybody will keep an eye on number 90. Taven Bryan will play tonight for sure. The rest of those guys, eh, I'm so <laughs> sure. I mean, what do you need to see from Ngakwe, Campbell, Darius, all those guys? Uh, probably not not a whole heck of a lot. By the way, I talked to Marcel Darius today. He said some of those guys uh, worked out this morning over at the Under Armour facility across the Inner Harbor from where we were staying. So Okay. Um, we must protect this house. I see you. Yeah. Don't tell Nike. Uh, when we come <laughs> back, more of Action Sports Chats on ESPN 690. Live from Baltimore, right on the stadium field. M&T Bank Stadium. And back in Jacksonville with Austin Lowe. What happens when your alarm system gets triggered? Let's say you're at work and your house is getting broken into. You want the police called, right? Well, that only happens with a safe touch security system. You heard me, right? Yes, the law states that if an alarm is not verified, the alarm contractor must call the key holders before calling the police, giving the crooks plenty of time to clean out your home and have an easy getaway. But the safe touch two-way communicator verifies the holdup in just seconds, allowing the safe touch operators to dispatch emergency authorities in seconds. Also, providing valuable information to the authorities. Customers also receive an instant text verification as well as live video of who's in your home. This video can be transferred to the police, giving them a huge advantage in the war on crime. Don't just think you're safe. Know you're safe. Get the Safe Touch Advantage now and receive a free color listen and talk camera and just $5 extra for storage. Get the Safe Touch Advantage now at safetouch.com. License number EF233 with approved credit terms and conditions apply. My kids aren't ready to go back to school, but I am. I'm Heather. I'm a Jacksonville mom, and every morning I start my day with Action News Jacks. And I'm April in Orange Park. The Action News Jacks First Alert Weather app is the best. I can scroll through minute by minute to track storms. I'm Lee in St. John's County. Derek's traffic report gets my kids to school on time. He even works for the Florida Department of Transportation. He shows me where the traffic tie-ups are and how to get around them. We're prepared for back to school with Action News Jacks this morning on CBS 47 and Fox 30. Is today the day it'll finally stop raining? We sure hope so, but it's been a very wet summer so far. This is Mike with Big Fish Roofing. Don't forget, your roof is the first line of defense against the elements. Here at Big Fish Roofing, as an Owens Corning Platinum Preferred Contractor, we are locally owned and we drive our business with quality and integrity. We do not require any down payments until your roof project is complete. You can find us at BigFishRoofing.com or Facebook.com slash BigFishRoofing. We are the roofers you can trust. We are Big Fish Roofing. Savings on top of huge selection on top of rave customer reviews. That's how they do the National Clearance Event at Arlington Toyota. During the National Clearance Event, you can take your pick from over 1,000 new and pre-owned on Arlington's lot. I mean, come on! 1,000 vehicles. You know you're going to find what you want and save during the National Clearance Event at Arlington. 
right now during the national clearance event at Arlington. Buy a 2019 Corolla LE from just $14,888. That's a pre-owned 2019 Corolla LE from just $14,888. Or buy a 2019 Tacoma SR5 from just $24,888. That's a pre-owned 2019 Tacoma SR5 from just $24,888. Plus, you get the Arlington Toyota $5,000 Advantage Club with your purchase. Just one of the tons of reasons why Arlington's earned 4.7 out of 5 stars and over 7,000 Google reviews. Arlington knows how to do the national clearance sale right, but you've got to get it while the getting is good. Shop in person, 10939 Atlantic Boulevard, and online 24-7 at arlingtontoyota.com. Hey, Jacksonville. Football is back, and it's on ESPN 690. On Saturday night, it's the Rams at the Raiders. Coverage starts at 730, kickoff at 8. Hear the game live on ESPN 690. Now, back to Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690 and on your smart speaker. Hey, thanks for hanging out with us here on a Thursday. It's game day. Jaguars, Ravens tonight on Fox 30. We'll have TV coverage all night long. I'll be live on CBS 47 and Fox 30 in the 5 o'clock to 6 o'clock. Sports at 6.50. 7 o'clock countdown to kickoff. The whole crew will join me 7 to 7.30 leading right up to kickoff. And then I'll be on the sidelines tonight on Fox 30 at 7.30. Uh, Brian Sexton, Leon Searcy will be on the call in the booth. Ashlyn Sullivan will join me on the sideline as well. And then we'll have some post-game reaction from here in Baltimore, 10.30 to 11 o'clock on Fox 30. And uh, we'll even have more from 11 to 11.30. So a lot of coverage today, of course. Your official uh, TV stations of the Jacksonville Jaguars, CBS 47 and Fox 30. And uh, now we're uh, on field spending uh, three hours here on the radio side, which is a cool new thing for us this fall to be able to hang out with you on game day and talk all about the Jacksonville Jaguars from three until six. And we will get to some other topics. I want to talk a little bit about Dabo Sweeney and the whole Kelly Bryant ring thing. I want to talk about other NFL teams tonight, Uh, Kyler Murray especially. How excited are you to see him? And that's a game that will take place later tonight, so you'll actually be able to watch a lot of the Jags and then watch Kyler Murray. Uh, so well, other Brent, well, and please stop being so modest. Your, your boy, too, Daniel Jones, is playing tonight as well for the New York Giants, the yes, guy you yes. sang his praise at the Senior Bowl. So don't try to hide behind the Kyler Murray hype. I, All I right? You're, that you, game's at 7 against the Jaguars. I don't want you watching the Giants game. Oh, no, I got you. Trust me, I'm not going to be watching the Giants <laughs> game. That, 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 I think that's going to be a praise that's going to be uttered by a lot of people this whole this whole season. All right, I asked, I'm going to ask you, and, and, and I'm going to give it to our three offensive guys, three defensive guys to watch. Sure. Scott Adams jumped in. I asked everybody else, too, and he says on offense, Mitchu, Cole, and Swaim. I like that. Uh, Mitchu, you'll get a good look at. Defensively, Brian Allen and Jared Wilson. So um, Josh Allen will be interesting. I'm not sure uh, if we'll get a chance to see the uh, first-round draft pick. Uh, we'll have to see, but uh, I think we'll see David Bryan for sure. I think we'll, uh, Jared Wilson also is another interesting one. So uh, you, you just got to pick your poison on who's going to play and how many guys are going to sit. But uh, that was Scott jumping in on that front. Let's talk more about the defense right now. And I want to let everybody know I'm okay. That was just the video board. They yeah, that was pretty aggressive there. I don't know what was going aggressive. on for a second. I didn't know. I thought there was a, a like Ray Lewis was yeah. coming after me. Now yeah. he's coming after me. Right now he's actually on the video board. Yeah, I can hear him. Just just play some Edgar Allan Poe stuff and relax, everybody. 
This is the preseason, all right? Uh, we're getting all the testing going on for yeah. the first game. Actually, I was walking in with some of the, the Baltimore guys. said, oh, first game in a long time. Got to get all the all the uh, kinks out of it. So. Well, well be honest, Brent. Is that Ray Lewis like on the, the scoreboard, or is that Joe Cohen from the locker room right now just yelling? <laughs> it is Ray Lewis on the okay. scoreboard. Okay, so it sounds like Joe Cohen coming from the locker room, just saying. All right, man, let's talk about this defense a little bit, kind of the same way we did about the offense. And I'm going to rip through it because we kind of know what they are, right? I mean, there's really not a lot unknown about this defense. Yeah, we have our question marks about Ronnie Harrison and Jared Wilson, but we know that they're in there. The big question mark relies on depth and I think at linebacker. Really, who's going to play the strong side? James Onwalu got hurt this week in Baltimore, done for the season. He had a chance to fight for that spot with Leon Jacobs and really had a chance to make this 53. That no longer is going to happen. So they need Leon Jacobs to play that strong side linebacker. Uh, for now, they do have some other veteran guys that could bounce around, like Lorente McRae and Najee Good and and uh, Rameek Wilson. But between Leon Jacobs and who's taking over for Telvin Smith and now Quincy Williams for at least the time being, which looks like that is Najee Good, uh, it, there's a lot of question marks around Miles Jack. Yeah, you know, and especially tonight, it's going to be interesting because we have to remember with 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 the Ravens, and I get it, you know, it's going to be a very basic offense tonight. We haven't seen a lot of the read option where it when the, when a team runs a read option or um, any kind of formations like that or any kind of schemes like that, it it all depends on communication and communication being from the middle linebacker spot. But there is an intriguing guy tonight that's going to be playing a lot for the Baltimore Ravens named Trace McSorley. Now, for those people that don't know, Trace McSorley is a first. Uh, it's his first season, um, a six-round pick out of Penn State. But um, coming out of the coming out of college, the whole narrative on him was is that he actually might be better as a safety or a, maybe a skill position player because, um, as far as his arm strength's concerned, you know maybe not be the best. But he was he was adamant they want to play quarterback, and he'll be seeing a lot of reps tonight. The reason why I bring him up is because he is a mobile, mobile quarterback. Um, look, look no farther than his uh, his last season at Penn State where he had 12 rushing touchdowns his senior year and had 11 rushing touchdowns um, his junior year. So you have a guy like that, communication is key, especially when you're playing teams like the Texans, you're playing teams like the Chiefs, where they have mobile quarterbacks that will burn you if they have the chance. And especially being, you know, Trace McSorley's first game where when all else fails, you want to re- re- resort to you know what you what you feel comfortable with, and that's running the ball. So while we may not see Jackson a lot, I think Robert Griffin right now might be out. I'm not sure what the status is on him, but there's got to be communication, and that starts with the linebacking group. So you have to be on your P's and Q's here going into, going into this game tonight. That's a really good thought, and I will say this about Trace McSorley. Just watching him in practice the other day, and I saw some nice moments from him. I, I didn't watch him every rep, but let's be honest. But yeah. Um, there were some times I was like, oh, who was that? Was that Lamar Jackson? Just right? No, that was Trace McSorley. So mm-hmm. uh, they have an interesting quarterback room with Lamar Jackson, with Trace McSorley, and with RG3 yeah. on their roster. So uh, pretty uh, pretty star-powered, at least from a name recognition standpoint, uh, in the QB room for the Baltimore Ravens. So linebacker is going to be really interesting. But I want to talk Taven Bryan, man. How important is this preseason for Taven Bryan? He will play tonight. Yeah. Uh, and I... I mean, I don't know how much he needs to prove here in the next few weeks, but I'm not sure he's still proven a lot jumping out on the practice field. Uh, you'd be a better judge of that. And they want him to be in this rotation. 
I just don't know how much they trust him to be productive right now in this rotation. Yeah, I mean, this is his first opportunity to show that he's made vast improvements. Like I always say, you make the most improvements from your first year to your second year in the NFL. And with Taven Bryant, um, he's a guy that last year, all things considered, played on the spot a lot of the times, and he even admitted that himself when I interviewed him. You know, he, he's a guy who's used to playing that three technique, was asked to play that big defensive end, which is also called a five technique. So tonight, I think we're going to see a lot of Taven Bryant. I think we're going to see Taven Bryant playing the five. I think we're going to see Taven Bryant playing the three because while he's not going to be the starter most likely this year unless there's an injury because you have Marcel Darius, you have Clayus Campbell um, that, are, that are pretty much, you know, locked in those starting spots. Taven Bryant's got to show that he can not only play the three technique like he's so accustomed to playing behind Darius, but also if you know Clayus Campbell needs a breather, that he, he he can play that big end, that five technique as well. So this is a big showcase tonight for Taven Bryan. And let's be honest, he's probably going to go against some guys that are second stringers at very best. You know, I'm not sure what what the plan is for the Ravens' offensive line tonight, but one would assume they're probably not going to play a lot. So Taven Bryan should feast tonight, and you should see some improvements for sure. Hey, a couple other guys I want to mention, and then I want to bring it back to Marcel Darius for a moment. But Dewan Smoot, right? Keep an eye on yeah. him. Yeah. Ilianku, uh, Dontavius Russell. You know, where are those guys fitting in? I've heard Andrew Williams' name mentioned a little bit. I think mm-hmm. they like what they have uh, in him. They have some battles going on for the back end of that depth D-line. I think you usually keep about ten guys, Austin, yeah. amongst that defensive front. So uh, who fits in where? And, of course, we talked a little bit about Dayton Jones yesterday. Mm-hmm. He's a guy that's been impressed at times and and has experience so uh i'm fascinated with with what they have on the back end say uh seven through ten on their depth chart when it comes to their defensive front i want to bring it back though to marcel darius because man if you look at this this front and you have Ngakwe, Avery Jones, Marcel Darius, and Calais Campbell. And you have Josh Allen in the mix somewhere as well. That is pretty darn good. Darius played that big nose last year, last couple of years here. Yeah. How good do you think he will be moving over? And I know he's done it before. I'm just saying, how good do you think he'll be in that Malik Jackson spot? Uh, you know, he's going to be fantastic because the thing that's kept him... Marcel Darius in the league so long is his first step. Um, he has one of he might have the best first step in the NFL. I mean, probably in the NFL, but definitely on the Jacksonville Jaguars. By first step, I mean his explosiveness off the stance, his quickness with his feet and his hands, um, and that's where he shines. Going to that three technique where things happen a little slower compared to playing the, the nose technique over the center, but it still happens pretty fast. Um, I think he's going to flourish because, granted, you know he is kind of that prototypical nose technique. He's still an, an athletic freak. And I think he's going to take that through technique very well. He is a big, bad dude. When we come back from Jacksonville to Baltimore, live at M&T Bank Stadium, we're going to talk about TIAA Bank and Florida-Georgia game. we got some news on that coming up next. Brent Martineau. You see him every day on CBS 47, Fox 30, Action Sports Jacks. Austin Lane. He's a former Jag star and current MMA fighter. Broadcasting live from the Anna Jar and Levine studio. This is Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690 and ESPN690.com. Hey, thanks for hanging with us on a game day. Jaguars and Ravens from Baltimore. I'm live at M&T Bank Stadium right on the field. Austin Lane back in the Action Sports Jacks studios. We've been doing this all week. It's really been a lot of fun, mostly because I don't have to really be that close and talk to Austin other than uh, during the segments. Nice. Thank you, man. Appreciate that. Yeah, sometimes we need a break. 
Oh, that we do, that we do. Yeah, I'm not. I mean, I'll be honest. It's it's nice to have you uh, in this studio because things run a little more smoothly, especially with Coos is here. But now that Scott's taking over for Coos today, uh, we are like a well-oiled machine. So da 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 da. Yeah. So hey, by all means, man, if if you want to go to Bristol and hang on ESPN a little bit and maybe put the good word in for me, I'd appreciate it. Hey, I'm thinking of going to the Jumbo Shrimp game tomorrow. I don't know if you Same want to thing. do that, but there's nine game nine uh, uh, home games left. Okay. Jumbo Shrimp have been fun all season long. And you know who's going to throw out the first pitch tomorrow for the Jumbo Shrimp? Hit me with it. Bo Jackson. Oh, wow. Bo knows baseball. That's a, that's a, that's a big name right there. Bo yeah. knows Jacksonville tomorrow. Yeah, that's, that's a big really name cool. right there. You know, like, listen, some, again, we do this and you talk to players and it, you get to do a lot of cool things. Yeah. When, the, when I saw that release today that Bo Jackson's coming, I was like, that's pretty cool. Sure. Bo yeah. Jackson Cummins pretty cool. Like, I might want to go over there. And uh, I don't think we can get him on because he's not going to do, like, any one-on-one interviews is what I've heard. He will do a little bit of media availability, but it'll be all together. Unfortunately, I'd love to get him on. But I'm still thinking maybe we go over there tomorrow and uh, hang out at the baseball field since there was only about uh, uh, two more home stands to go, this one and one more coming up in a couple of weeks. So uh, we're thinking about it. Maybe we'll be on the road once again. Okay, yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, it's it's not my call, you know. Whatever, whatever you go, I'm gonna go with you. So yeah, just to make Scott's job a little more difficult. There we go. Yeah. Uh, Thanks, thanks. thanks. I appreciate that. Hey, at least you won't have to go the split screen tomorrow. That's Uh, good point. Four days in a row, the split screen. We won't have to worry about that. But uh, you guys doing a good job back there. And you know who does a good job? Stephanie Brown from WOKV 104.5. We had her in a couple weeks ago talking about Lot J when that announcement was made. Well, she broke a story today about the Florida-Georgia game, Georgia-Florida game. I'm equal time, fair and balanced. I say it both ways here on the program. (laughs) And uh, this one's for fans, right? Stephanie, tell us a little bit about it. What's going on? Well, I will say we do get to say Florida-Georgia this year because of the, you know, either or home game. So just for my sanity, I'm going to stick with that this time around. Uh, But basically, what we're looking at is a proposal for an enhanced fan experience in the days leading up to Florida, Georgia. So anybody following Jacksonville News, you know that the landing, which is typically a hub for entertainment around that game, well, that's not going to be in use from this year moving forward because it is being demolished. So the city looked at that and said, well, they weren't responsible for programming the landing. They realized the entertainment Entertainment loss that not having that venue will mean. So combing through the city's budget proposal, I found a few hundred thousand dollars that they want to spend to basically turn the heart of the sports complex into almost a fan festival kind of environment. So we're talking about Daly's Place, stretching through the parking lots, the baseball grounds, all the way over to APR. They're not giving a lot of details about what this would look like just yet, um, but it would be live music and food and entertainment entertainment options and basically just creating a new entertainment hub right in the heart of the complex by the stadium instead of where the landing used to be. Interesting. That's really good stuff, Stephanie. You know, if you go back and think about this, you know, obviously the landing uh, is one of the hot spots. But even prior to Daly's Place and the Flex Field being built, there used to be a fan fest, if you will, right next to the stadium where the amphitheater and Flex Field now exist. They used to use that for Florida Georgia game and for the fans to come in and kind of party. Now, that was more day of stuff. Mm-hmm. But even that area was then taken away, and RV City still is RV City. But I like the idea of this. You know, we go to a lot of these events, and if it's the draft or the, or the Super Bowl or the National Championship for college football, fan fests are a thing. You know, it's just part of it. It's now, it's, it's not out of the norm. So I like the idea with so many people in town all week, 
of kind of spreading that throughout a couple of days and really doing things for the fans. And this would be for a few days. It's not a day of kind of experience. In fact, I mentioned they would be programming the parking lots to a degree. So that would be the days and nights leading up. Potentially, I think around two days is what they're targeting leading up to the event so that then they can kind of flip everything night of and still have a smooth game day experience. They are still also looking at all of the traditional events you're used to, the pep rallies, the Hall of Fame luncheon, things like that. This would be above and beyond that and something that they do want to become an annual thing. So this is the first year that it's appearing in the budget, the first year that, you know, it's being proposed, but something they hope could stick around and grow as we do look at that Lot J development that could be taking place. I love the look of this. I love the sound of it. Uh, when you were in a couple weeks ago, I told you how I think this is so important to a lot of the different sporting events that, that we cover and that are in Jacksonville and getting more sporting events in Jacksonville. And the one this sounds like it could lead into again. I'm talking about a 48-hour, 72-hour kind of period. I'll bring up the NFL draft again. The Jacksonville is a perfect venue with the stadium, flex field, and amphitheater right there for the NFL draft. It really is. Now, are you going to fit in 250,000 people or a half a million people like Nashville did and Philadelphia did? Probably not. But I think the idea of this, Stephanie, kind of brings up the draft to me in my mind and says, okay, if we can do it here for Florida, Georgia, we can do it someday when this uh, city hosts the NFL draft. You know, they would have to get through the next few years. I talked to some city leaders about this, and, you know, the, the stark reality is that after this game, the next couple of years, if we do have the Lot J development take place, when we have the Hartbridge ramps come down, there's going to be a lot of construction that's taking place in that immediate core. And they said they do expect that to even be a factor for the next Florida-Georgia game and potentially even the one beyond that. So I, I would be skeptical to say you're going to see any real big event taking place pending all of this development and construction. But that is really the message. You know, why invest a few hundred thousand dollars in this? Why be patient through this construction? The city said it is about what's on the other side and the potential that that could bring. And, you know, Brent, it's no uh, coincidence as well that we are in the window to renegotiate the Florida-Georgia contract. And the city hopes that something like this is showing their commitment to really keeping the game here in the long term. Well, it's a good thought to bring up because coaches on both sides have been talking a little bit, especially Kirby Smart from Georgia, about getting that game out of Jacksonville. And I think it's all leverage talk, to be quite honest with you, from the school's point of view in terms of getting even more dollars out of this game for their football programs and universities. I don't think the game's going anywhere, but it's a good sign that the uh, city of Jacksonville is kind of amping up their spending and what they can do for the fans of both uh, teams and programs and universities. One other note, too, it's okay, Stephanie, if the draft or any of these big events don't come in the next few years. It just has to get here by 2027, so I don't owe eight people in Jacksonville Ruth's Chris dinner. It's quite the bill. I mean, I'm a vegetarian, so I'm not in on the steakhouse that much, oh, but okay. I can empathize so, for what that I'm looks sure, like. I'm sure they have baller salads there. I mean, I, I, everything there is good. So well, I'm on, that, go I'm on that reporter salary, not that host salary. That's, so. a good, <laughs> uh, that's a good point. And I'm on that co-host salary, so Brent's buying. I'm definitely eating. Yeah, all right. Hey, Stephanie say. Brown from WOKV 104.5. Nice job on this story, and uh, we look forward to more of your work. Thank you. Thank, Thank you. you. That's twice in a few weeks. We're going to have to start paying Stephanie to come on. Going to the bullpen, bringing in Stephanie, man. She, she does great work, absolutely. Hey, let's get to, to this right now. I was going to make it part of Bowen and Fallen, but we don't need to. Dabo Swinney, is this petty that he's not giving Kelly Bryant a ring? Is he right in what he's saying? Uh, what do you think about this, man? 
Yeah, so this is, um, I don't know. See, I'm, I'm kind of torn here, Brent, because you look at it. So say, like, if Kelly Bryant would have played maybe half the season, he gets hurt. You know, maybe he tears an ACL, is out the entire season. Well, then, of course, you have to give him a ring, right? You're still part of the team. But as soon as you transfer and go to another team, I can't co-sign on giving Kelly Bryant a ring because you're not part of the team anymore, you know, and that was his choice. Now, I'm not saying that was a bad choice. In his part, he, he made a business decision. Um, he made a decision that he felt was best for, you know, his NFL career if he, if he pursues that. But to want a ring after you go to a new team, I don't think so. I, I think I kind of agree with Dabo here. You? Well, here, here's the thing. Um I don't know if you're completely wrong, but this is a guy that went 27-2, and two, and he's always a topic of my conversation when I say, you promise guys this, you bring them into your program, they, you recruit them and say, you're going to help us win a title, win games, you're going to be our starting quarterback. He does all the right things, and he gets trumped by a guy that's even better. Okay, well, that's sports. Well, you forced his hand to go somewhere else. He didn't just up and leave the program. He left the program because... He had to leave at that juncture if he wanted another chance of playing college football. He had to get out by that fourth game, and if he wanted a chance to maybe go play in the NFL or at least improve his draft stock. So it's not like he went up and said, hey, I'm out of here. I'm so mad. I think it was more from a career choice, from a career path. He almost had to get out of Clemson at that point, and it worked out for everybody. The thing I would say about Dabo in this spot is wouldn't it have been a better gesture? a nicer gesture, a better headline, and not this much of a talking point, perhaps, if he had said, you know what, that young man did a lot for our program. It's not just the guys that always win right here during the year or win games 5 through 12. He he did a lot, and you know what, we didn't have to do this, but we're going to give him a ring because he was a part of our program, and even for a little bit, part of that season. Wouldn't that have been nice and easy enough? And what's uh, the ring cost? No. Like 500 bucks? Well, and, and you know what, and it's not, about, it's not about how much it costs, Brent, it's about what it means, you know, and if we're talking about, you know, the rings and things like that, let's, I mean, let's let's kind of bring it down off the pedestal a little bit, let's compare it to something that, you know, we all know about, and let's, let's talk about, you know, sports radio. So... Let's say that you bring in another person for our, our our show here in ESPN 690, and it's a former NFL player. So be it. Okay, cool. Well, all of a sudden, I see my time on the radio start to go down, and I, I try to go someplace else. So now, when I leave, I go someplace else, and all of a sudden, you guys have the hottest sports show, um, you know, in the country, and you guys are getting all these awards. Would it be right for me to come back and say, well, when I was on the show, you know, we were still doing pretty good as well, so I should get some of that notoriety, um, you know, and some of that pop and circumstance coming my way because I used to be on the show. No, it doesn't work like that. You know, I mean, it's like I said, it's Kelly Bryant made his decision. He, he chose something new. And I'm not sure how Kelly Bryant even feels about this, Brent. Like, has he been reported saying that he's bummed out that he, he didn't get a ring? Because if I'm him, I'm like, so be it. You know, you guys won national championship. Congratulations. I'm trying to live. I'm trying to live my life now. You know, that's just how I would feel. I'm not sure how, I, how he feels about it, but um, it's one of those things where once you decide to leave, I feel like you're not part of the team anymore. Yeah, and I don't know if there's deeper meaning there or, or if he feels slighted at all. I'm just saying, from again what we're talking about, the headline standpoint, I don't know if it had to happen. And I will say this, Austin. Uh, by the way, you described like a competitive radio station in town. I think they should still pay me. Yes. <laughs> Noted. 
Noted. <laughs> Sorry, that was just easy. A little cheap shot. Easy. I got you. But, uh, well, listen, man, I would say, in your example, okay, yeah. we launched this thing in January. Yeah. In a year, whether, say, say, you almost have to flip it like this. Say, yeah, we had somebody else coming in. Right, mm-hmm. so, I don't know. I mean, name Tim Tebow wants to come in and be a part of our radio show. <clears throat> oh, okay. All right. Yep. Uh, all right. Tim Tebow kind of turns the needle a little bit, right? Oh, he turns the needle, yeah. So, oh, so Tebow comes in, but uh, hey, but at the same time, you know what? Hey, Austin, stick around on the show, or I got you a job back home in Wisconsin on this great ESPN station in Madison. Okay. Well, I would think if our sta- if our station and our show takes off over the next year and it becomes really good, really popular, all the things you just said. Sure. I don't think I just would say, yeah, good thing we got rid of Austin. But you know, I and Tim I would, Tebow, though, man, you know, just, I, like he, I, just like the quarterback is in Trevor Lawrence. Yeah, but I think I would say, man, that guy helped build this thing. That guy helped start this thing. He was a part of it. You know, mm. I mean, I, I, I think, I mean, using your example, I think yeah. that's the way it w- we would go yeah. with it. I, I and I kind of get the sense that's what it was like. I didn't feel a whole. I'd have to kind of go back and look a little bit more at the animosity part of it. Yeah. I mean, the guy went like. I, I think I have his record right. He was twenty-seven and two. No, I mean, <laughs> he, he, he was huge, and, and he was the field general. But at the same time, if I'm the Kelly Bryant situation, and I I choose to go to another radio station, the last thing I want, if I'm Kelly Bryant or if I'm me, and I go to a new station, is I'm going to claim, well, you know, that they, they have the, these high ratings now, and I'm a part of that. I mean, to me, I already moved on. You know, that yeah, yeah. that was the whole point of you know going someplace else. So. I, I don't really take it too seriously. Now, I think Dabble kind of made um, made it bigger than it had to be by going to the media, you know, and saying these kind of things. I mean, I think this should have been kind of kept under wraps unless he was asked the question. Well, probably asked I'm sure he was asked idea. the question, yeah. So uh, from that perspective, then I guess you have to answer the question truthfully. But, um, yeah, I, I just honestly think that if, if you choose to go to transfer to a new university, um you know, the, the old one doesn't owe you anything, honestly. I, yeah, and I think uh, you're probably right on that, by the way, overall. But I would just say, it would not have hurt Dabo to give this kid a ring. Yeah. It would have helped. It would have been, man, that Dabo, he is such a good dude. Because this is not the view of Dabo. Dabo's, man, he's awesome. And that was such yeah. a good dude. So just like, hey, if this such, that situation happens and you're in Wisconsin, I will let you come watch as they put the tattoo on me. <laughs> no, I'm going to tattoo you myself. How's that sound? Hey, they're practicing for the national anthem. It sounds like a good time to take a break. Let's do that. Falling and falling on the way back on ESPN 690, live from Baltimore. It's me, DDP, Diamond Dallas Page, the king of bada-bing. This is Action Sports Jacks. Bang! (laughs) Does it get old? Does it? Never. Hey, by the way... They will have a band that plays here for the Ravens games. They sit right over there to the left of me. Uh, stadium improvements. We were just talking to Stephanie Brown. And uh, stadium improvements to the video boards here, the escalators and elevators, the club level. So everybody's doing it. In fact, it's going to be part of my story at 5 o'clock on CBS 47. I'll jump out of here at 5 o'clock for a couple of minutes and do a little TV. But it's an arms race, man, in yeah. football. It's an arms race in stadiums. It's an arms race in downtowns. It's uh, it's just incredible. You feel it. You see it with that training facility the Ravens had. You see it here with some of the upgrades. And this stadium's nice and uh, has... has stood the test of time, at least it feels like it has. 
and we see it all over Jacksonville right now. So it's good that Jacksonville at least is having conversations about all those things. How much they get done still has to be done, but uh, you got to do it to keep up. From a fan experience level that Stephanie was just talking about with Florida Georgia game, stuff like that, and I think the Jags game day experience has gotten better and better. There are some critics of it, but I think it's pretty good. My kids go. They enjoy it. Uh, but I also think from a free agent standpoint, you know, free agents, uh, uh, star athletes coming out of high school are now coddled and material things matter to them yeah. more than ever before. I, I'm not knocking it. It's reality. Material, you know, dressing rooms and locker rooms and weight rooms and facilities matter more and more. And that translates now to the NFL as well. It's not just a college thing. Well, I'll tell you what, from the fan experience, Baltimore better step their game up playing that. You two song streets have no name. Come on, man! Like play something from play something from your city. Get excited, uh, but it is what it is. But no, but hey, who, who, who is from the city? I can look that up real quick. I'm sure there's somebody out there. Yeah, I'll, I'll go and do some research on that real quick uh, for you. Yeah, that's all right. Why don't you do balling and falling first? So let's forget. All right, balling and falling. I guarantee I'm, I'm taking your balling here, but it's just so balling. But I couldn't, I couldn't help myself. Balling. The Yankees and the White Sox will be playing at the Field of Dreams field next season in okay, Iowa. You did. Well, dude, it's big news. It's awesome. Road trip. Road trip. We gone? Why does that have to be in August? If they would do that in like May, I'd, I'd really try to go see that game. Yeah. I, I, absolutely, um, but I, I think it's kind of a cool thing, though. You know, it's gonna, I think it kicks off the MLB season, right, or it, it starts to get the season under wraps, or how does that work? No, 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 it's, no. It's in August, so it's, it's like in, deep into the season. Which so so like are you August kind of surprised 13th. by that though, or not? Because wouldn't you well, think it would kick off the Major League Baseball season? Yeah, I mean, I get what you're saying, but you know, they do that Williamsport game. I don't even know if they've done that this year. I think maybe they already. No, it's probably coming up, or maybe they already did. I don't know. But the Little League World Series, where they play that, they now play a Major League Baseball game. Yeah. And that's in the middle of the season. Yeah. Uh, so uh, now sometimes they'll start like in Japan. I think they did this year with Seattle and Oakland, if I'm not mistaken. So they might do something like that overseas. But a game like this for. Not really an exhibition, but a real game that's moved to a different location. Keep in mind, Chicago to Field of Dreams, and John can probably talk about this. John Bachman from CBS 47 and Fox 30 dropped in for the TV timeout. Uh, Chicago to like the Field of Dreams place, I've looked it up before because I almost did it. I think it's like three and a half hours. It's really not that far from Chicago. No, it's not at all. It's not, that would be a, it's a, it's a smart play to have a Chicago team play in that, for sure. Here's what else I thought about today. Where else would you like to see a baseball game? Now, the Field of Dreams thing makes a lot of sense. I think in the ESPN update they said they're actually going to start putting together the facility to make it Major League Baseball ready as soon as next week. But I think even uh, – I went to the Cape Cod League this year in Cape Cod, of course, and watched some baseball. I think it would be cool if the Red Sox and somebody else played out on the Cape yeah. for one game. That would yeah. be kind of fun. Absolutely. But, of course, you know the the Field of Dreams movie. It's about the the Black Sox, right? So, I mean, it makes perfectly good sense that the White Sox are playing there, and the fact that they're playing the Yankees is an awesome draw. So that's going to be so great. By the way, the uh, Williamsport (laughs) game is August 18th, uh, Brent. So it's coming up. Coming up. Yeah, okay. Uh, yeah. So, all right. And Brent, to answer your question quick, famous uh, bands or artists from Maryland, from Baltimore, DMX? I mean, maybe come out to DMX? DMX would be good to come why, out Why don't you come out to YouTube? You got DMX in your back pocket. Be serious. Uh, besides <laughs> that, you got Tori Amos, not a good one to come out to. <laughs> Billie Holiday, one of one of my personal favorite bands. Beach House, they're more of an indie pop band, though, so not good. And Cisco, Thong Ooh. Song. The so Thong Song and Rough Riders. Yeah. Wow. So there you go. 
Yeah, deep dive in there. Well, they, I mean, hey, DMX, let's go. I mean, that's all you need. Uh, all right, let's welcome in. We'll go balling. Since we both had the same balling, we'll do balling in a moment. All right. Uh, let's get John Bachman in TV timeout. What's coming up on CBS 47 and Fox 30 other than Brent Martino from Baltimore M&T Bank Stadium talking Jags? Right. We're going to look forward to having you on uh, both five and six, I think, I'm sure, previewing that big game tonight. Um, but also we have um, we had a scare at a local Walmart. Of course, we had the, the, the mass shooting at a Walmart um over the weekend, uh, uh, thankfully nobody was hurt, but there was a scare there. So we're going to we're, we're following that, and then we have uh, Mike Burrish has the latest uh, hurricane outlook. So all of that's uh, pretty big stuff. And then for Austin, we also have a story about fake meat. Fake okay. meat, yes, okay. it's become a thing. Like not tofu, but another well, version of fake meat. There isn't fake meat over here. I mean, right now it's, it's real steak. No, it's steak. Come on, of course man. it I'm is. Not eating fake meat, but well, interesting. a lot of people apparently are because you know there've been a lot of health studies out sure, there, and sure. uh, so I don't know anything about this fake meat, but we're but it's become a big thing. Okay, and there are now restaurants that are going to be featuring certain. Uh, Nice sandwiches or whatever with mm-hmm. said fake meat. Well, I'll be honest. I'll watch it. I'm not. I'm not going to agree with it, but I'll watch it. Okay. Well, we, we'll that, we'll take that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Maybe you could fill me in on how you you know how you feel about it after sure. having seen the story because now we're I feel the same way as you going into it. Yeah. Maybe coming out of it will you know will be enlightened to some yeah. degree. Hey well, guys, here's what yeah. I don't understand though. If you're gonna have fake meat, right? Like <laughs> yeah. Like, like, like tofu. I saw it on a menu. I had lunch today, and it's congratulations. <laughs> It was still like 15 bucks for tofu or something like that. If yeah. you're going to have fake meat, it better not be as expensive as real meat. That's a good point. Yeah, I don't know the pricing on these things. And I and I guess you're right, although, you know, again, if you are uh, if you buy into some of these studies about eating red meat especially, yeah. um you might still value something that has the similar texture and maybe a similar taste and not Kill you, but to, yeah. to be fair though, like with the fake meat being more expensive, that does make sense because you think about it, like you know that is kind of a niche audience, and then you have like, or the, you know, like the word organic. I mean, if you pay something for organic, that means you're paying an extra ten bucks for whatever it is. It doesn't matter what it is. You can buy like or, organic lettuce. All right, extra ten bucks, but it's organic. So I mean, that's the way it usually goes, though. So. I can see fake meat being more expensive. Um, Give me a real we'll steak see. any day. That's, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, well, especially I, from Ruth Chris from Brent's buying because the drag's right, not coming here. Oh, do you really believe that? No, I mean, no. I just, I just want a free steak, dude. Oh, I know. I, I, well, well, we if we say Ruth Chris' name another time, you're going to get another free one, yeah. <laughs> you said it, not me. Hey, uh, hey John, uh, yeah. got, I think we should – I've got an idea. Okay. okay. Here's for the morning meeting or afternoon meeting for news. you got to find the person – you know how you do? You talk about the studies, like you said, the red meat study. Mm-hmm. And so there's so always a study, like every night on the news, that we love says, studies. We oh, love yeah, studies. Like, wine is now great for you, or coffee is bad for you if you have four of them or more. No, actually, or, you can drink as much coffee as you want. That's yeah, the latest yes. thing. Sorry. Okay, well that's good. Yeah. So I want to find the person. <laughs> great for Brent. That yeah. lives day to day off that latest study. <laughs> <laughs> it's impossible, man. It's impossible. <laughs> Who is that person? I, I feel like this is going to hurt my liver today. Oh, wait. Egg, nope. Tomorrow it's good for it. Eggs are bad. Eggs are good. Eggs are bad. Eggs are good. Good point. Good point. <laughs> All right, man. Yeah. 5 o'clock, CBS 47 and Fox 30. And uh, I'll join you tonight, man. I look forward to it, man. We'll see you soon. Thanks, Thanks guys. Thanks for checking in. Yep. All right. Uh, hey, let's do following on the other side of a break and then get back to some of the All football. Right. Uh, talk. We've got uh, 90 minutes leading up to 
the end of the show, and then we hand off to a lot of our TV coverage tonight with the Jags and Ravens on Fox 30, 7.30 kick, 7 o'clock countdown to kickoff. But just like John Bachman mentioned, between 5 and 7, a lot of TV, news, weather, and sports from here in Baltimore on CBS 47 and Fox 30. More to come, including Fallen, and it has to do a little bit with the stadium next door to this one. That's next on ESPN 690. Brent Martineau. You see him every day on CBS 47, Fox 30, Action Sports Jack. Austin Lane. He's a former Jag star and current MMA fighter. Broadcasting live from the Anajar and Levine studio. This is Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690 and ESPN690.com. Oh, what a day. Having a lot of fun here at M&T Bank Stadium. A nice little breeze. A beautiful afternoon here in Baltimore, Maryland. We've had a good week. Really fun. Uh, where will the Jags go next? All right, Austin Lane back in Jacksonville. Who do you want to see the Jaguars practice against next year? Let's let's set the schedule. We were okay. we, we we were thinking like the Broncos and hang out for a week in Denver. Well, it's not like I'm going anyway, so I don't know why you're asking me this question. Oh, we'll I'm, I'm still going to be here. By the way, well, like a tattoo on me by then. <laughs> um, so if I could go <clears throat> anywhere, well, to me, I mean, and it's not really realistic because they're in the NFC, but obviously yeah. I'm not. I'm going to say Green Bay. Yeah, that's a good point. Because, uh, no, Aaron you know, Rodgers doesn't want you there. Well, yeah, and I know, and Aaron Rodgers can deal with it because I'm, I'm coming. But, um, yeah, I, I pick Green Bay just to see that whole um, scene again. I mean, it'll bring back some childhood memories of going to Packers training camp. So, yeah, I choose Green Bay. I'm trying to think. Uh, spoiler, that... alert, spoiler alert, though, Brent. Not a lot to do in Green Bay, Wisconsin, just to let you know. I've had uh, three or four former teammates when they left Jacksonville or they left Kansas City where they would text me from Green Bay like, They'd be there for like a week. Like, dude, what should I do here? I'm like, ah, <laughs> drive to Appleton. It's about a 30 minute drive. So, chug a beer. Chug a beer. Yeah. Um, you know, Denver would be really cool. I I think they've done a pretty good job. Now it's hot in the summer anyway, but they've done a good job of finding the climate, which is pretty nice. Uh, you know, Baltimore this week has been, again, it's not like overly humid. It's hot, but it's not humid, so it's a big difference. New England was beautiful a couple years back. Minnesota. I think it was pretty warm last year, but just summer warm. It wasn't anything crazy. So uh, it'll be interesting to see. Uh, I'm trying to think of who else Doug Marone may be friendly with, and coaches change, of course, throughout the years. So it uh, be interesting to see if the Jags do this again, but it, or if they do it here in Jacksonville. Uh, yeah. But but with some potential construction, that might even alter that, uh, like Stephanie was talking about. Anything like that to bring other teams in might have to wait uh, a little bit, too. So, anyway, uh, we'll see. Let's get to uh, Fallen. We did the balling part. That's pretty cool with the baseball and uh, going to Field of Dreams. What you got for Fallen? And one more thing quick, too, uh, a quick note. With John D. Filippo, the Eagles might be an intriguing thing. Yeah, not bad. Just not throwing bad. it out Good there. Good call. Uh, yeah. So, Fallen. Although, although. Although Doug Peterson did criticize Doug Marone coming oh, up the AFC well, Championship game. Oh, Storylines, man. Yeah. Storylines. That means we'd all have to read the book, The Art of Not Really Giving a yeah, yes, Bleep, I think is what it was called. Good call, yes. Uh, <laughs> Fallen, besides Baltimore, for playing U2 for their intros for the Ravens games. Go with DMX next time. Uh, <laughs> Fallen, I mean, seriously, hot. Play the Rough Riders anthem and put it on repeat and you're good to go. Uh, sorry, but I digress. Fallen. Carmelo Anthony uh, is fallen, Brent, because he requested to play for Team USA and he has been declined to, wow. to join the team. If you're Carmelo Anthony right now, how just 
how shocked are your feelings and how hurt is your confidence right now? Like, the team literally went back to my AAU tape and asked me to play on the team. They're, they're going to YMCA's right now and asking guys to play on the USA team. And the fact that Carmelo Anthony requested to go on the team and Popovich or whoever else said no, not a good look for Carmelo Anthony. Yeah, not well. Hey, here's the deal. Uh, what do you think Carmelo Anthony's, like, uh, Ah, legacy is a bit strong, but yeah. when we talk about Carmelo Anthony in ten years, fifteen years, like what are we saying about him? So I'll remember Carmelo Anthony as a scorer, Brent, or a, either a scorer or a shooter, and that's great. You, you, I mean, in the NBA, and it's funny that we're talking NBA here without coups. It's awesome, uh, know. you know. <laughs> but you know, in the NBA, I mean, yeah, you can be a scorer, you can be a shooter, and everything like that, but you have to bring more to the table, and I feel like. Um, you know, his whole narrative of, of his career was the fact that he wasn't necessarily the best teammate. Um, he was kind of a ball hog for the most part. And it's cool to be a ball hog. Kobe was a ball hog as well. But Kobe got the results. Melo didn't really get those results that he was looking for. So I think when it's all said and done, just a pretty good shooter. I like this music as I'm about to speak on this topic. Uh, the, I, the the thing I have to say about Carmelo Anthony, see, I covered him in college a little bit when he w- with Syracuse. Oh, that run. very cool, yeah, yeah. And yeah. so obviously, what he did there was 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 enormous. I do think, though, from an NBA standpoint, I forget about the early stuff. I really do. Like yeah. I'm now lost in the early stuff on Carmelo Anthony, and I remember the failure of the Knicks, and the Knicks are just such an abomination that I link him with. Uh, the New York Knicks, and then even this stuff later in the career, the Houston failed project, uh, now stuff like this, and uh, you know he still want. He's almost like begging to play. I mean, it kind of kind of feels like it kind of feels like Willie Mays should have retired a couple years early, and it kind of feels like Carmelo Anthony should be done. Yeah, um, and I don't know if that's right or wrong. I, I just uh, it's probably wrong because you're right. He was a good scorer and and put up some really good numbers. And I'm not sure the whole Knicks thing was his fault, but uh, I don't know. NBA, it's kind of, you kind of, in a way, it's almost like, uh, this probably would be a bad comparison, but my view of him is a little bit like Christian Leitner, where mm. in Leitner, in college, he was, you could argue, is the best college basketball player ever. Sure. In the NBA, it feels like he was a bust. Yet, yeah. if you go back and look at his career, he really wasn't a bust in the NBA. Like, he wasn't a big-time flopper. I mean, he was, yeah, he wasn't, he didn't live up to maybe what people thought he could be. But, so I, I don't know if it's right to actually compare, like, Leitner's career to Carmelo Anthony. I'm just saying my perception of it is kind of similar, where I remember the college more than, uh, more fondly than I probably remember the NBA. Then you go back and look at the numbers, you're like, wow, that was actually pretty good. Sure. Well, and it makes you wonder, too, because if you remember that that draft, the year he got drafted, Bronwyn, number one, and a guy by the name of. Darko Milicic went to the Pistons at number two, and yeah. then you know, then Carmelo went number three in Denver. It really makes you wonder what it, what would have happened if Detroit would have got uh, you know Carmelo Anthony instead, just how great he would have became. Yeah, so. and even at the time, didn't it kind of seem like uh, Detroit was outsmarting themselves? With- yeah, I mean, you know, you can go back to when Detroit had Tayshawn Prince and things like that. So the position was kind of wrapped up, but at the same time, Carmelo being the the, the scorer that he was would have helped the Pistons for sure, obviously. Yeah. yeah. All right. Sorry, Coos. Drive and dish podcast, but that's a lot of basketball talk on a football oh, yeah. Thursday here on Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690. Uh, all right, Mike Fallen. 
Did you see? Uh, I was at the Orioles game yesterday. I saw and, that. And did you see Chris Davis? Yeah. And what happened? Brandon Hyde. Yeah. I mean, listen, the, the or- first things first. That ballpark is awesome. It's okay. a great ballpark. Still is. Uh, the Orioles are so bad. Not like, so much. So yeah. bad. <laughs> and and they look like a minor league team. They really look like a double A team, and that's probably being nice. I mean, they really just. I can't imagine watching your team go through what the Astros went through, what the Braves have gone through, uh, what other teams have tried to do, this whole reset, uh, uh, and and really stink and kind of tank it for a few years and then hopefully pick right, get players. And now, you know, the receiving end of that is what the Astros and Braves have done and are doing, and it's good. But it has got to be so frustrating. It's a good baseball town. And it has to be so frustrating to watch that team night in, night out if you're a diehard fan because it's really ugly. And even some of the young talent, you're kind of like, like who, where's the upside? Like what, what's getting me excited? I can see three years from now this guy's going to be awesome. Or, you yeah. know, Richie Martin, a, a former Gator, he's a shortstop. He's hitting 196. You know, they got like a couple of guys hitting 196. So really not fun. But my fallen is, is Chris Davis because no – Maybe no baseball player has fallen as much as Chris Davis in the last couple of years. He's getting paid a ton of money. And remember, he started the year um, with the finish of last year and into this year, like going 0 for like 60-something or 70-something. And I can't imagine this was Brandon Hyde's fault. He took him out of the game after it, which I really like. That should have been falling. You don't see that at the big league level or professional level too often is a guy just basically say, hey, you're out of the game now because of that. Sure. So I like the fact that he did it, but Chris Davis is my fallen. Good ballpark here in Baltimore. The Orioles really, really stink. The Yankees are good, um, and they hit like 400 home runs last night. Well, that sounds like a pretty entertaining game, to say the least. Then. So. Not, nah, not if you hate the Yankees. Oh, that's a good point. My bad. Well, I mean, anytime there's home runs hit, though, it's good. The know. Yankees are playing guys like I haven't even heard of. Yeah. Like, the Talkman kid the last month has been on, if I'm even saying that right, it might be Touchman, I don't even know. It, he's uh, He's been on fire. Mm-hmm. Uh, they, they played like their third string catcher yesterday. He hit two home runs, and he weighs like 140 pounds. Yeah. The guy at second base, I don't even know who he was. Uh, <laughs> Urshela hit two home runs. Yeah. I do know who he is. He's having a great year, and he's been fantastic. But, um, I mean, it doesn't matter with the Yankees. They go deep. I mean, it's amazing what Cashman has done in their system to get all these young guys. Uh, they are really, really good, especially on the offensive uh, side. Well, of I'll tell you who didn't do good last night was Aaron Hicks, who I think is out again. Uh, he's on the DL for a little bit. Of course, Aaron Hicks being my leadoff player of the year, an award that I just basically invented when we were making our predictions for the, the playoffs this year. So Aaron Hicks still not doing so good. Uh, well, What are you going to do? Good. Leadoff man of the year. <laughs> yeah. In trouble for you. In trouble. <laughs> All right. Uh, glad I didn't, uh, one of my teams in the Huckleberry bet is the Orioles. That didn't. Work. That wasn't Whoa. going to help me. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. It, it, let's be honest. It's going to come down to your bet. It's going to be the Twins, or it, I guess there's a couple teams still up there. Twins, Brent, Rays, right? A's. Athlet- twins, yeah. Rays, A's. Root for the Twins, Rays, and A's. And yeah. Twins have lost the last couple to the Braves. The Rays, I think, lost last night. So um, they got to keep up. I mean, let's just up. be honest, Brent. Houston's the team to beat, though. You know, they, like, they really are. I, I mean, as good as the Yankees are, they really are. And, and I think Houston's kind of that team where, sure, if you take them to a playoff series, maybe you can win one or two games, but you're not going to win this series with that kind of pitching. You're just uh, going against that kind of pitching. You're just not going to win it. So, um, we'll see all right, though. man. 
Uh, let's take a timeout. When we come back, I want to get back to the football. Sure. And we said three players to watch, both sides of the the football. Let's do it. Who you got? Who do I have? That's next. ESPN 690. Live from Baltimore to Jacksonville. Game day for the Jags. Jags and Ravens on Fox 30 tonight. We're now just a few hours away from kickoff. The first kickoff of 2019. Now, back to Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690 and in the TuneIn Radio app. After this thing, Jaguars and Ravens, let's talk some more football. As uh, some of the Jags players out on the field getting a little work in. Dunk contest going on right now? No dunk contest. Okay. A little uh, pregame sweat. It'll be interesting to see because you'll get a bunch of the guys that will come get a workout on the field. And those guys are probably not playing. And then you mix in with some guys that are just getting loose and ready to go in their normal uh, pregame uh, routines. Nick Foles is about to walk by me in a moment, so uh, we don't think he's playing. That's uh, one thing for sure. So let's uh, figure out three guys to uh, watch on the offensive side of the football, three guys on the defensive side of the football here in this one, uh, Ravens and Jaguars tonight at 730. What you got? All right, so offensive side of the football first. Uh, I'm taking Trell Pryor. You know, this is a guy I talked about in the the start of the show. I think it's a guy that right now is not a lock to make the team but can do himself some favors going against corners who are second and third string guys. So with with his size, um, with his abilities, I feel like Terrell Pryor could have a pretty big game tonight, uh, assuming that the quarterback can get him the ball. So I'm going Terrell Pryor. All right, my my first pick is something you're probably going to have to help me out and let me know if he does well or not. Sure. That's Will Richardson yeah. on the offensive side of the ball. Yep. I'm telling you, I told you a little bit about this yesterday, and I think you'll hear it a little bit more in the broadcast tonight on Fox 30 during the, the televised preseason game. Will Richardson might be in line for a comeback story if things go well the rest of this month. It will be really fascinating to watch. And so because of that, I want to see if he jumps out and off the page to anybody else. And it's hard to do that as an offensive lineman. But I think these games could be critical. That could be quite a battle. And you know what? I'm not even sure Will Richardson needs to earn like a starting position to be considered a comeback story. If he becomes part of the depth of that offensive line and someone they can rely on in case there are some injuries, well, I think that's quite the story in itself. Because if you asked me this question three months ago, maybe six months ago, I would have thought uh, Will Richardson would be a guy that, would have a hard time making this football team, even though he was a fourth-round draft pick a year ago. So, Will Richardson, that's going to be my first draft pick on the offensive side. Keep an eye on him tonight. That is number 76. Um, so, okay, so for number two, I mean, listen, I think the obvious thing is going to be Gardner Minshew as well, but we're, yeah, we're going to be watching leave him. him out. Yeah, Let's leave him yeah, out. Yeah, exactly, but we're going to be watching him regardless, right? So I think yeah. we're, we're okay on that end. Uh, number two, uh, James O'Shaughnessy, tight end. Uh, the reason I'm be watching him is because obviously Jeff Swain may get a couple reps. I assume that he would, especially with Josh Oliver being out now. The way that John D. Filippo likes to work his offenses, he likes to use some two tight end sets. And with Josh Oliver out now, that means some other guy's got to step up. And with Jeff Swain kind of being the prototypical blocking tight end, yes, he can make some catches, but he, he's a bigger-bodied guy. Uh, I think he's going to be relied more on to make the, the, the blocks in the run game than as opposed to catching balls. Someone's got to step up in terms of that receiving threat at the tight end position. So I'm watching James O'Shaughnessy tonight. 
Hey, I like it too. And Ben Koyak and Charles Jones are the other tight ends yeah. in that room with Josh Oliver being out. I think you have a valid point there. And I think they need O'Shaughnessy because of his experience. He's done it a little bit before. I think he's a good route runner too. He seems to be open. Last year, if you go look at some of those games, the last four to six games, I thought O'Shaughnessy found his way open. Uh, I'm not putting the guy in the Pro Bowl. I'm just saying he could be a big part of what you were saying with John Filippo's offense. And keep in mind, worth noting, Filippo gets the most out of that tight end position group. That he Maybe does. more so than any offensive coordinator in the NFL. It's at least arguable in that uh, regard. All right, here's my number two selection on the offensive side. I'm going to take Keelan Cole, man. Yep. I don't know what to make of Keelan. I, I, I like the guy a lot. Uh, I think he has big play capability. His consistency has to show up, and I don't know where he fits right now. You have an emerging DJ Chark. You have a potential star in D.D. Westbrook. You have a guy like Marquise coming back from injury. You know, where you have Chris Conley, who has a uh, rapport and trust with Nick Foles, the quarterback. Where does Keelan Cole fit in all of this? And I think it will be a fascinating thing to watch. I think he's got a lot to gain in the month of August, and it begins tonight against the Ravens. Okay, I should probably preface my third pick by saying, you know, like Jawan Taylor's up there too, but we're not positive if he's going to be playing tonight or not That's yet. That's okay. So, yeah, I'm watching Jawan right now. He's walking okay. Looking pretty good, uh, yeah. But um, you know, just from that perspective, and plus, no offense to him, but he plays offensive line, <clears throat> and it's not the best position to watch all the time, at least for me. So I'm going with my guy, Benny Cunningham, a guy I talked about a little earlier in the show today. Um, Listen, Alfred Blue, by all things considered, will probably be the backup to Leonard Fournette going forward. But Benny Cunningham is kind of the X factor, I feel like, of this running back group, a group that's got Armstead, Thomas Rawls, Rock Thomas, all these guys that can kind of do the same things. I feel like Benny Cunningham is um, is a little bit of the pace changer. At least he was when he played in Chicago and in St. Louis for the Rams. So with all things considered there, I feel like Benny Cunningham, especially going into uh Gardner Minshew's first game tonight. Um, you know, that that tailback out of the backfield is a quarterback's best friend when you're trying to just get the ball off and everything like that. I think they have Gardner Minshew, um, you know, throw the balls to him at least a, a, at some point tonight uh, to try to take some pressure off, you know, the, the, the first year quarterback. So with all things considered, taking Benny Cunningham. All right, man, my third selection is going to be Rock Armstead, and I'm not even convinced he's going to play tonight. He's been banged up a little bit, and, of course, they'll be cautious with anybody that's banged up. But uh, if Armstead is able to get in there and see some action, I'd like uh, to see what he's got. You know, I think he's been a nice surprise when healthy during this camp. Uh, Temple kid, um, what you know, you obviously had that little highlight reel play against Quincy Williams. But will uh, Rock Armstead be able to go? I think he's question mark for tonight, uh, as the latest I've heard. So uh, we'll see. But it kind of goes to that backfield as well. So those are the three on offense uh, for me. For the three for you, it's Terrell Pryor. You also said James O'Shaughnessy. You yes. said Benny Cun- Cunningham. I say Will Richardson. I said Keelan Cole. And I said Raquel Armstead. Now let's go on the defensive side of things. What you got? So this all depends if he plays tonight or not. I assume he's playing, but obviously Josh Allen, man, the the, the, the the very you know the first round pick and everything. The we expect him to play too. Yes. So. So, okay. Fantastic. So the the stud out of college. I mean, this is the this is the first night that we get to see him game speed and everything like that. Um, we get to see if if all the hype's living up to it and. and Good. I mean, let's be honest here. It's the first preseason game, but I think Josh Allen's that type of guy where he's going to flash um, day one. So look to see big things from him tonight. All right, I'll take the easy pick, and it's Taven Bryan. We yeah. talked about him a little bit for a segment, and I, I, your your Allen pick is something I think the fans want to see, but I think they want to see Taven Bryan too. 
And uh, again, it's not like some of these guys we talk about. Like, hey, can they make the team? Can they win um, a battle to maybe get some reps? You know, Taven Bryan's more like, can he live up to what they drafted him to be? Mm-hmm. And although it's a preseason game. I think any step in that direction is a good one from a confidence standpoint and maybe even from the fan standpoint of being able to believe a little bit. Get away some of the negativity that's been surrounding Taven Bryan's rookie season and maybe you grow a little bit of trust and confidence within his room, within the coaching staff, within that building. So Taven Bryan, I'll take him as my top choice. Watch number 90 tonight. Uh, For my second pick, I am taking Dayton Jones uh, for, for a few reasons here. One, him and Capers have a lot of history together. Dayton Jones was drafted when Capers was there in Green Bay. So they kind of have a history together. Um, I think Dayton's a guy that's really been, you know, thriving here in Jacksonville, kind of a change of scenery. And it'll be him and Taven Bryan kind of dueling to see who's going to back up Clayus Campbell and, um, Marcel Darius here. And also getting back to the, the, the you know, the Dom Capers thing. Uh, I want to talk about a little later on the show here, Brent where I'm actually going to kind of change up my speech a little bit and change up my tone in terms of what I'm expecting to see this year from from the, the Jaguars' defense. Oh. Just a little, little, little spoiler there for everybody. Oh, okay. Don't yeah. lose sight of that. I want to get not. to that in a little bit. Yep. Um, and uh, we will certainly do that. And don't do that segment while I go jump out on TV. Okay. Right? I'll, I'll just do stay in your lane. Okay. Okay, cool. All right, good. We're just producing the show as we go. Hang with us, people. It's fine. <laughs> um, all right. Uh, number two on... My list and, and who to see is uh, Najee Good, mm. and Good how one. much are they going to have to rely on this man, this guy? Yeah, you know, was, again, take you all the way back. Telvin Smith says I'm not playing in 2019. Right around the draft, they draft Quincy Williams. Within days, they add four more linebackers. <laughs> Every <laughs> linebacker you could gobble up, yeah. the Jaguars gobbled up. Najee Good, one of those guys. Now he's playing that weak side linebacker spot for the Jaguars with Quincy Williams out, who looked to have earned Telvin Smith's job. And he might be back for the regular season, but we don't know. So the experience, you lose some speed, but do you gain some knowledge with Good? And what does he look like? Again, I talk about about it from a confidence standpoint, not necessarily this one, maybe the fans, but inside the building for Miles Jack, for this defense, it has so many good parts. I think a guy like Good has to say, hey, I'm good enough to play on this defense and do my job in this defense, but he needs to prove it, and that might start tonight. Okay, I like that a lot. Um, for my third pick, uh, I'm taking Trey Herndon. You know, I, I assume he's going to play tonight, even though he's probably slated as the starter on the team right now he's with playing. AJ Boye yeah. getting back. But uh, you know, he's he's going to be seeing some playing time tonight with Boye being out. And there's a couple reasons why I'm taking Trey Herndon. Number one, obviously, well, he's a starting cornerback tonight, and when you line up opposite, I assume Joe Ramsey's not going to play, uh, so it'll probably. Be DJ Hayden then, but you know, we have to have a guy on the team that if something should happen, you can kind of plug and play a little bit at that corner spot. But the big reason why I'm watching Trey Hernan and how he does tonight is because, and this is going back to my whole philosophy now, I'm changing kind of the tone on the Dom Capers defense. Because all things considered, I'm still curious to see who's going to be that third corner when the team goes nickel. And I think nickel is going to be the big. Um, selling point here with this Dom Capers philosophy, and once again, I'll get into that a little bit later. All right, uh, before we head to break, I'll give you my third. I could go a lot of ways here. Dewan Smoot. I could go the same yep. Williams guy who people are talking about a little bit, even the rookie Dontavious Russell. I'm not going to go there. I'm going to go with Andrew Wingard, number 42. Jacks have nothing at safety behind these guys, right? Yep. I mean, really nothing proven. So Andrew Wingard's kind of got the... the, the uh, 
uh, uh, blonde locks yeah, on the yeah. helmet, yeah. you know, it flying around. I, let's just see if those things are flying around on the football field tonight. If somebody <laughs> emerges out of that safety group with likely Wilson and Harrison not playing, I think those guys aren't going to play because there's really nothing behind them. Sure. So they got to protect those guys as much as possible. But uh, it'll be interesting to see who emerges as, as some backup opportunities or backup prospects for the Jaguars when it comes to the free safety and strong safety position, Andrew Wingard. All right, when we come back, little stay in your lane. i got to jump out and do a little TV as well. And in the final o'clock hour. Oh, I can't wait to hear what Austin has to say. He's doing a 180 potentially. Uh, not really on this 180. It's, okay. it's, it's, it's more like a 90. Okay, 90. <laughs> a 90. A quarter turn. A quarter turn. On the Dom Capers influence. Next on ESPN 690. WOKB Jacksonville. Listen live everywhere you go on ESPN 690.com. ESPN 690. A Cox Media Group station. Brent Martineau. You see him every day on CBS 47, Fox 30, Action Sports Jack. Austin Lane. He's a former Jack star and current MMA fighter. Broadcasting live from the Anna Jar and Levine studio. This is Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690 and ESPN690.com. Kickoff, actually, on Fox 30 starts at 7.30. We'll have a post-game show tonight on Fox 30 as well at 10.30. So we got a lot of TV coverage coming up for you. In fact, I'm going to jump out and do some TV in a moment on CBS 47 for just a couple of minutes. I'll be back with you until the end of the show. Uh, and then we've got TV lined up on CBS 47 and Fox 30 all night long, your official uh, Jaguars TV stations. And, uh, well, we talk a lot of Jags on the radio side as well, don't we? Uh, Action Sports Jags on ESPN 690 rolling on. Brett Martino here. Austin Lane, former Jags player, back in the Action Sports Shack studios, uh, hanging out with Stay in Your Lane, coming in a moment. But first, how about a little Thursday edition of the Happy Hour Horn? Grab a drink, get a shot, and tip some star tenders. That's all you got to say. Example of all that after the video you shared with us this morning from the Chicago days. <laughs> Easy now. Vita <laughs> uh, DeLuis recently got a 94 rating. If you're looking at your uh, Jaguars roster, that would be to one smooth. Uh, locally owned tequila right here in Jacksville, made in tequila, Mexico, and shipped directly to Jack's Beach. Make your own recipes with Vita DeLuis tequila, one of the smoothest tequilas you will ever taste. For locations, recipes, and merchandise, visit VitaDeLuis.com. Leave your troubles ashore, or, but make sure you drink. Responsibly. You're getting a good look on the video feed, by the way. I thought the video might go away yeah. for the time being, but it hasn't. Instead, it's just the Jags uh, warming up. Gardner Minshew just arrived out on the field, and um, all these guys are, are, are getting their pregame in. We're still a few hours away. So all the guys you see here are guys that will play tonight, sure. uh, as far as I can see. Uh, just getting a little early warm-up in. How long, these guys, how long did you need to warm up, Austin? Uh, me personally, didn't have to warm up. Usually I was pretty amped up to go, but usually it's about 15 minutes or so. I mean, some guys just kind of sit on the sidelines and just, you know, play some music and things like that. Um, I think the quarterbacks, you know, they, they have to get some throws in. So, uh, from a defensive lineman perspective, you don't need that much. 
Yeah, well, Tiger takes like uh, six hours to warm up the glutes. Meanwhile, Brooks Kepka, he just needs to get there 45 minutes in it. And that's why I love Brooks Kepka, man. He's starting to make a fan out of me. And, I appreciate uh, that. Speaking of Tiger, by the way, bad first round today. Says the back is acting up. We'll talk maybe a little bit more about Tiger tomorrow, but you got to wonder. It was like it almost feels like this year, the Masters was is crowning moment and going away party for 2000. Yeah, it doesn't it, you almost forget that he won the Masters this year. Um, it seems like so long ago. Yeah, you know, and I think we were kind of sitting here saying, well, if you won the Masters, what's to say he's like to win another major this year? And now he's just trying to make cuts. So, yeah, let's get into that tomorrow a little bit. Uh, all right, we'll talk a little bit more about that. Right now, let's talk a little stay in your lane. You take sure. it from here. I'll be back with you in a few. Sounds like a plan. So, stay in your lane. Cruise control. Listen, I understand that the Jaguars are playing the Ravens tonight, and I'm not trying to, you know, go against the grain here, but my cruise control is going to the Baltimore Ravens. Not for their on-the-field performance. It's actually going for, uh, I guess, a little, I don't want to call it rookie hazing because I hate the word hazing, but let's just go to Dalen Mack here, who is a, a rookie out of Texas A&M, a uh, defensive tackle, taken in the fifth round was requested to bring in some cinnamon rolls, I guess, today uh, for, for the, the, the pregame meetings. Unfortunately, Dalen did not take that advice, did not take those instructions, and came to the stadium empty-handed. The results, uh, some vets or maybe some training staff, whoever it was, put, and when I say uh, a lot, that's an understatement, put a whole smorgasbord's worth of packing peanuts in the rookie's truck. Um, so much so that it started from the floorboards and worked its way up to the pretty much the top of the uh, of the roof of the, of the truck that he had. So cruise control for you know keeping the rookie in check. Obviously, pump your brakes for, for Dale and Mac for not uh, you know heeding the warning of following instructions. But I'm sure he learned his lesson and it'll go from there. He uh, had one job. You had one, one job. job, man. And, and listen, you know, and I understand being a rookie, it, it's kind of a whirlwind. But um, some of the biggest advice that I ever got being a rookie was, and I'll never forget this, uh, uh, Terrence Knighton told me this, and Jeremy Mincy also told me this. He's like, if we ask you to bring food, you better bring food because the consequences will be severe. And you got to understand here, Scott, you know, like, and I, I don't like to be the guy that's always on the porch saying, get off my lawn. I don't really do that too much on this show. I, I don't talk about the old school days of, of how, like, the, the newer players got it easy. But I'm going to take the stance here when in terms of, of hazing and things like that because I had to get my eyebrows shaved. I was tied to a goalpost after practice at like nine o'clock at night, and I even asked Brent when he was covering for the media. I asked him to help untie uh, us, all the rookies from the goalpost, and he kind of just shook his head and laughed and walked away. And I, I have to work with that man, so there's a little animosity built up there, and I'm sure he's aware of that story, even though he says he's not. <laughs> so I'm upset with that. But uh, yeah, you know, the life of the NFL of a rookie man, it's not easy. Things have definitely. Uh, have been made a lot easier now because I think coaches and if you watched the the first episode of Hard Knocks um, a couple days ago, you saw John Gruden say there's going to be zero hazing whatsoever. Now, yeah, you can make the rookies stand up and sing their fight song, which uh, I had to do, uh, or just sing a song in general. And I've said it a couple times on this show, if you're going to sing a song, rookies, sing uh, Lean On Me because the whole, I guarantee you, the whole section will start singing with you so you're not by yourself there. But, uh, yeah, just a couple little hazing things there. But you got to earn your stripes, man, and, and that's part of how you do it. You build a little bit of trust. Yeah. You take a little bit of uh, guff from some of the players. Sure. You, um, 
You show them you can follow directions. You show yeah. them you're willing to put in that little team spirit to it. Exactly. And that's the stuff that gets you from being the rube yeah. into being one of the boys. And, and it's all part of it, you know. And thankfully, I mean, truth be told, I had it pretty easy. Uh, Scott, all things considered. I mean, yeah, my eyebrows got shaved, and that was weird, especially going out in public. Like, try try going to Target with your eyebrows shaved, being 6'6", six, six, and watch how people look at you, okay? You're going to get some looks. Did they get them both? Oh, both. Oh, at absolutely. least they got them both. Yeah. Imagine if they sent you no, out there one eye. That's a good eye. point. Well, see, and the reason I had my eyebrows shaved because I had the option. Either uh, you get a haircut or you get your eyebrows shaved. Well, I had the dreads, man. It's a long commitment, so I wasn't about to get my dreads cut off. So the eyebrows it was. But like I said before, all things considered, my whole hazing experience as a rookie, I did have it pretty easy. Now, yes, the rookie dinner was a little aggressive because we had me, Tyson Alualu, and uh, D'Anthony Smith, all draft picks um, on the defensive line. And the way it works is if you're a first-on draft pick for that rookie dinner and the defensive line take you out, yeah, you're spending a majority of it. I'll just say I'm not going to put numbers to it, but I spent about probably two house payments on the rookie dinner at Ruth Chris that we had. So it is what it is, but that was the worst part of it. But I had veterans, man, that were uh, that kind of you know had my back, I guess you could say. Uh, a guy by the name of Aaron Campman, a guy that I hold the really high regards and everything. Um, you know, Scott, I'm sure you've seen it. You've seen players you have to carry their pads, right? If you're a rookie, you have to carry the other team's oh, pads. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. yeah, so I remember the the first day of practice, I was out there, and I'm, I'm picking up the pads, and I was going to grab Aaron Catman. He was holding them in his hand, walking off the field. And, I, you know, I didn't ask Aaron. I just kind of grabbed his pads. He goes, hey, what are you doing? What are you doing? I'm like, oh, I'm just taking your pads, man. It's my turn to take the pads. And he goes, oh, no, 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 no. You're not taking my pads. I'm like, excuse me? And he's like, no, uh, you're not taking my pads. Because, thankfully, when I played in Green Bay, I had someone cool that, you know, they always carried their own pads. So that's the way I'm passing it on to you. And, he, and he, I remember he even told me this. He's like, when you're a veteran, hopefully you be, be cool and you do the same thing. And so, needless to say, I always carried my pads. Um, no rookie ever had to carry my pads because of Aaron Campman. So there you go. little story for, for you folks out there. Uh, pump your bricks. Oh, man. Adam Gates has kind of been a regular on the show. Uh Stepping back from eye gate, as I like to call it, where his eyes were just going off the wall bonkers um, when they when the Jets introduced them as his as their head coach. Uh, there's a story that came out in Sports Illustrator I'm about to share, uh, re- revolving around Adam Gase when he was in Denver in 2013. Check this out. So in 2013, Adam Gase, his wife Jennifer, gave birth to their son Wyatt. Uh, but that didn't stop Gates from putting his coaching duties first. According to the article by Sports Illustrated, after a C-section, and according to his wife, and this is a quote, they didn't even put my organs back or sew me up before he asked me, are you good? Prompting Gates to say, all right then, I'm out. Uh, as he had to leave for a 2 p.m. meeting with Peyton Manning at the Broncos facility. You want to talk about the will to win. The fact that your wife just had a C-section isn't even sewed up yet. You, you might have gave your son maybe some knucks and talked the deuces and said, all right, got to go meet Peyton Manning. And I get it. Peyton Manning is a guy you want to meet all the time. Uh, the guy was a leader in Denver. But, man, to me, like, you know, the birth of your child is probably the greatest moment I've ever had, uh, the greatest moment I'm ever going to have. And the fact that uh, he just kind of left his wife out to dry, not a good look for Adam Gase, and especially his wife went to Sports Illustrated and told the story. So not a good look for the family in general. Thoughts? Oh, you got to consider once again, though, you know, he's, he's, he's rising to the occasion. He's going to see that kid for the rest of his life. <laughs> he's got Peyton Manning for one moment. You got to go, got to go. <laughs> 
I mean, I guess that's a good point, right? Yeah, like he, he's going to be living in your house for the next 18 years. Peyton Manning was 24 only... 24 if he goes to grad school. Good call, good call, or junior college, something like that, depending on how things work out at school. But uh, I guess you only had Peyton Manning for a selected amount of time. You know what, Scott? Good job, man, because now you're kind of swaying my opinion a little bit. Here to help, brother. I, I, yeah. I try and chime in. Now, all things considered, I don't plan on having another baby, but if I do, and you know, my, my wife Cody's in labor... I hate to tell you, though, Brent, I'm probably going to be at the labor for at least the day uh, and hang out, and then I'll be to work the next day for ESPN 690 radio. But good call, though, with the Peyton Manning and the kid living in the house. I didn't even think about that. But well, and, and here's the thing, stuff. too, in, in the modern day and age, particularly with Brett, you can literally phone it in for some of the stuff. So, you know, you could just step out of the room for just a second. Oh, Keep yeah. the kid in eye line. So, you know, you, you <laughs> Yeah, baby, I'm right here. I'm right here. But but real quick, let me make a call real quick. I you, mean, know what, you know what, Scott? Here's what we do. We we take the show live from the hospital while everything's going on. Now, we're not going to show anything, obviously. Because oh, yeah, I, we'll kill the web stream that day. Yeah, we'll kill the web stream, but we'll just do it live, and I'm sure my wife would appreciate that a lot. So, yeah, good call on that part. Uh, and that was stay in your lane here. Uh, so when we come back on the show here, we're going to break down a little bit. And I'm going to kind of tease, and I know Brent doesn't want me to get too far into it. But if you remember back when Josh Allen got drafted on that Thursday night, the following show on Friday, we did it from the stadium. Uh, Brent was uh, very keen on getting some some footage of Josh Allen. When, while he was doing that on a radio show, I kind of broke down what I envisioned the defense to be with Dom Capers. And uh, long story short, I basically said it, expect to see some 3-4 tendencies at least, what I like to call a 3-4 eagle-based look. Um, the reason I kind of lean towards that was because of the way Clayus Campbell plays the five technique already. When you're playing that three, four Eagle base, uh, you don't really move too many pieces out in the front. So it's basically the kind of the same front, except you have Yannick Ngakwe and Josh Allen in the game at the same time. And I also said that this would be implemented uh, more than likely on first down. And then their second and third downs or their nickel packages would stay the same from last year. Well, when we get back on the show and when Brent gets back, I'm here to say I'm changing my tune a little bit, and I'm actually going to pull, I don't want to say a 180, I'm going to pull a 90 degrees and kind of pivot a little bit, and uh, we'll get into that a little bit later. Also, we're going to talk about some other games that we're looking forward to seeing as well, and uh, maybe a, a little Jaguars-Ravens prediction of what happens tonight. I get it, it's preseason, but some of you guys got fan out there, I get it. We're all some, There's some degenerate gamblers out there that need my advice. A win's a win, baby. I'm here to help. I am here to help. Stay tuned. More ESPN 690 in a little bit. Hi, I'm Ryan Murphy, Olympic gold medalist. You're watching Action Sports Jacks. Yes, you are. And if you are watching Action Sports Jacks on any of the video platforms like Twitter, Periscope, YouTube, Facebook, Twitch, Mixer, <laughs> or on all. If you are, you right behind me can see that I'm on M&T Bank Stadium's uh, field, and the Jaguars are warming up uh, right behind me. Uh, a lot of the players out there, I uh, see Tyler Shatley right behind me. A lot of guys getting a little pregame warm-up, including the uh, the blonde locks of Wingard, who I told you to keep an eye on on the defensive side of things. So uh, he's out there and running around. We'll see who the inactives are coming up probably in about 45 minutes. That's usually 90 minutes or so before game time, and there will be a lot of inactives for the Jacksonville Jaguars. We know that. A lot of the big names, a lot of the starters uh, will not play 
here tonight, which will leave it to a lot of young guys and some of the battles that the Jaguars have going on from a depth position standpoint. Brent Morton here, Austin Lane, back in the Action Sports Jack Studios. I caught the tail end of whatever the heck you guys were talking about, so oh. I don't even want to know. But instead, <laughs> I want to get right into Dom Capers. Sure. Why the change? Why the pivot? How do you think they'll use Josh Allen as he makes his debut tonight? Yeah, you know, so it's not so much of a Josh Allen thing. It's more of just a scheme thing in general. Um, the way I kind of teased it before the segment was over here, I talked about how, you know, when, when Josh Allen got drafted and that next day, that Friday, we were at the stadium and I was saying on first down, you can expect to see some changes along the defense and maybe even like a three, four defense. And that was kind of the, you know, the hill I've been standing on saying, expect that three, four defense, expect the three, four defense. Well, and I'm not to, I don't have any sources per se. Uh, I may have some sources back in Wisconsin that I've talked to recently. But when you're going through, and listen, Dom, before I preface this, Dom Capers wasn't brought here just to be a rah-rah guy, okay? There's a reason why Dom Capers was brought to the Jacksonville Jaguars in the first place, and there's a reason why Dom Capers took the Jacksonville Jaguar job over being a defensive coordinator for the Bengals and other teams as well. So there was a chemistry factor, and I like, yes, he has been at Jacksonville before, but he's not just here to, to, to motivate people. He's not just here to watch film. He's here to be an influencer as well. So with that being said, Dom Capers' biggest MO, his biggest calling card when he played, or when he played, I'm sorry, when he coached in Green Bay, uh, it's something I've talked about before, but it was called the odd fronts and the cycle packages. Those stemmed from third downs those money downs so while i said we may see some changes on defense maybe on first second down on those base packages i'm going the opposite now brent i think the base packages may stay the same on first and second down it's going to be those nickel packages those passing downs where you're going to see the big change now what what do i have to back this up with well number one you have dom capers number two brent would you consider the jaguars defense a pretty solid defense last year all things considered yeah they're a top five defense they finished fifth in total yardage last year they just didn't create the turnovers they had a year prior Oh, that sounds that's that's the music to my ears, bro. That's gonna make my point. So you said they're fifth last year in total defense, correct? Yes. Fantastic. Do you know where they finished last year in opponents' third down conversion percentage? Uh, I don't think they were great on that. No. Uh, and so I'm thinking they were about 22nd. Okay. The, 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 that's pretty bad, but they're actually through their 14th. But, okay. I mean, when you have a top five defense, yeah, so you're you in think the that number you're average. Yeah, you're average. You know, and from a top five defense, that number's got to be down a little bit. You know, and uh, I've kind of been singing the, you know, the, the song here that a lot of the problems the Jaguars had last year was the fact that they kind of had a very basic coverage on third down and that left the slot receiver open nine times out of ten, whether it's Kiki Kuti from the Houston Texans, whether it was we saw him firsthand, Cole Beasley in Dallas, who had a monster game, came out of nowhere. Um, that was a liability for the Jacksonville Jaguars. So going forward, like I mentioned, there's this thing called the cycle package and the odd fronts. Those stem from a couple things. They stem from the money downs when it's third down. All of a sudden the whole philosophy behind that and I, I call it the cycle package and that's what capers called it the whole philosophy behind the cycle package was the fact that he was going to confuse the offensive line and you didn't know where the pressure was coming from and that cycle package uh the green bay packers defensive line linebackers and even the the, the safeties would come up 
and kind of stand on the same line, basically. So they're all they're all standing in the same spot. And they're all standing up. Nobody's in their stance. What that did was confuse the heck out of the offensive line because now you don't know who's dropping. The quarterback doesn't know who's dropping. And it's, just, it's, it's, it's a massive confusion because you got to think about it. When, it. when it's third and five, third and six, or third and long, um, the quarterback's got to make checks. If the quarterback's confused, then the offensive line's confused a little bit more than, than, they're, they're, you know, than, than they're used to. That gives advantage to the defense. And seeing how the Jacksonville Jaguars were not the best on third downs or on passing downs, those money downs, I think that, and I'm not saying it's going to happen tonight, Brent, because this is preseason after all, and this is the preseason number one. But I wouldn't be surprised tonight if it's third and long or something like that and you see some players on the defensive line stand up, uh, maybe you're not accustomed to see them standing up, and you, mean, you maybe see a defensive tackle drop back into coverage, and you maybe see some safeties come up uh, when it's a third and you know passing situation. So as opposed to what I first said, uh, my prediction was for that 3-4 defense, it was going to stem out of the, the first down in the base coverages. I'm now changing my tune and thinking it's going to be more towards the money downs, the pass situations where you're going to see some 3-4 stuff. Yeah, and that kind of goes along with what we've seen a little bit of in camp at yeah. times, right? Yeah. And more so, the base has been pretty similar. And it speaks to what Calais Campbell has said. He's like, listen, we've been a top five defense. Mm-hmm. If it ain't broke, don't fix it. And overall, it hasn't. But last year, they were average at best in the down. You're talking about third downs. If you go back to two years ago, the biggest mistake in the AFC Championship game, even though people kind of forget about this one sometimes because they'll talk about the offense and, and the Miles Jack wasn't down, was giving up third and 18 to Tom Brady. You had the best defense in the NFL, an elite defense, and you gave up third and 18. Yeah. And that, that, still, that will always haunt this franchise uh, just as much as some of those other plays in that in that AFC Championship game. So they have had some struggles on third down, no doubt about it. And on top of that, they did not turn people over a lot. Well, what down do you turn people over a lot on? Well, that is likely third down when it's third and long and quarterbacks are likely to make a mistake. You can sack, you can force fumbles, you can pick off guys. So I think uh, what you're saying makes a lot of sense. And I do think, I I talked to Clay's Campbell a little bit yesterday too. I mean, we know there are wrinkles coming to this defense. You know, the players have, have said that. Uh, coaches have said that. What does that exactly mean? Ah, we haven't fully seen that part of it yet. Uh, I think it was seen a bit on the field uh, in these practices against Baltimore, uh, but I don't know if we've fully seen what to expect out of those wrinkles, those third-down wrinkles. And I wouldn't even be surprised, Austin, to kind of feed into your original theory that you might even see it on, on second down and long kind of situation. Absolutely. I think those passing situations is where you're going to see it when you know it's going to be um, a pass. You know, and especially in the NFL now where it's, it's a pass-first league for you probably 90% of the teams out there, um, I think you're going to see it a lot more. And, you know, we have a couple more things to go off of. You know, when I, when I interviewed Jared Wilson, um, who's traditionally been a, a free safety you know his entire career. He even said where you might see him play a little strong safety this year. You might see Ronnie Harrison play some pre safety. I wouldn't be surprised if you see those type of things when both guys come down on a third and long, and then all of a sudden one guy drops back because once again um, it's all about confusion, uh, and that's what Dom Capers loves to do is confuse that offensive line, confuse that quarterback, and if you bring the safeties down, one would assume it's going to be on third and long. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you know, I I think. What really makes people excited about this defense more than, I mean, there's a lot of things. There's Jalen Ramsey and A.J. Boyer together. There's Miles Jack, uh, even though there's a little bit unknown around the other spots in the linebacker position. But if you get to those second down and long, and you get to that third down passing situation, 
and you get to see Calais Campbell coming off two Pro Bowls two years ago in All-Pro. You get to see Marcel Darius, who's made Pro Bowls and made impact in the NFL for a long time. And that quick first step you talk about. Yeah. You get to see Yannick Ngakwe, who's made a Pro Bowl and, and has 30 sacks almost in his three-year career. Mm-hmm. And then you get to see the number seven overall pick and Josh Allen and that body and that guy that was able to get to the quarterback a lot at Kentucky in college. How does that not get you excited? I mean, what that package is going to look like, how people and offensive linemen are going to be able to deal with that uh, when they are in third and long, those first two downs will become so critical because if the Jags can get into that package where you have those four guys getting after the QB, my, oh, my. But, I mean, it, you can't find a better foursome in the NFL, can you? But go ahead and add to my point, though, Brent. So let, let's say that I'm right here and they go off Capers' scheme. So imagine, yeah, say you got Josh Allen, Yannick Ngakwe. Uh, you have the mayor, Clayus Campbell. You have Darius. So you have those guys up front. You know, I mean, they're game records. We all know that. Everybody knows that. Offensive coordinators know that. But now let's take you got Miles Jack up the middle. You have Quincy Williams, who all things considered should come back healthy and be be that speed guy, um, kind of like uh, you know, kind kind of from that weak side perspective. So now let's say you have all those guys and they're all on the line and you don't know where it's coming from. Not only do you have to worry about the front line, but now you have to worry about was Miles Jack gonna blitz? Is Quincy Williams gonna blitz? And you have to deal with all these, you know, these narratives that you weren't used to before with Jacksonville. Because usually last year in Jacksonville, you just had a four-man front the whole time. Yeah, you ran a blitz every once in a while, but that's where Dom Capers I think is gonna come in. And when you have that many athletes, Brent, we talk about the speed that they have on defense. When you can use that speed and you have that athleticism and you have the ability to rush the passer, well, then you add confusion to the mix. To me, that's going to be a recipe for winning. Yeah. Uh, well, I think you're right. I think that the one part about this this scheme is it's not really been deceptive. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's been very effective at, at, for the last couple of years and around the NFL with some other teams, but it really has not been that deceptive. Uh, even guys outside of here have talked about it. We brought up Earl Thomas and what he had to say about leaving Seattle, coming to Baltimore. So um, – It'd be interesting, man. I, I think you're. I think you're right on. I, I'm interested to see it and how much they can use it. And of course, so much is predicated on stopping the run yeah. on those first couple of downs. But they've got guys that can do that too. Calais yeah. is so good against the run. Marcel Dari is so good against the run. Avery Jones good against the run. I mean, they really have a great front line. I mean, there's yeah. no. They, you, you, I don't like to throw the most overused word in sports broadcasting. I tell you, is great. I think <laughs> it's okay to say they have a great front line. They Without really a doubt, do. you know. And, and I'm rambling off these things now. And like I said, I mean, this is the first preseason game so let's pump our brakes a little bit here i'm not really sure how much dom capers is willing to show or todd wash is willing to show tonight from the defensive end back when i played you know we ran a very very basic you know just package um and that was with every team that i played on especially the first preseason game of the year so while you may not see too much tonight uh you know that, that shows that there's gonna be a lot of changes i think as you progress maybe in weeks two weeks three of the preseason or definitely week one of the regular season you're going to see some crazy changes. Yeah, it'll be interesting to watch. Uh, inactives coming out in about a half hour. Jags likely to be without a lot of players in this one, whether injury-related or just rest-related and, and not going to risk injury in the opener. But uh, that should come out in about a half hour, so stay tuned for that. It'll be right when we get off, and then uh, I can uh, fill you in on that a little bit on the TV side on CBS 47 and Fox 30. But we still have a half hour to go. Live from Baltimore and back in Jacksonville, the Action Sports Jack Studios. When we come back, let's take you around the NFL. It's a big night around the NFL. Other teams playing. Who do you want to see? What are the major storylines around the NFL preseason week number one? Coming up next, here live from Baltimore. 
Brent Martineau. You see him every day on CBS 47, Fox 30, Action Sports Jack. Austin Lane. He's a former Jag star and current MMA fighter. Broadcasting live from the Anajar and Levine studio. This is Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690 and ESPN690.com. Hey, welcome back uh, to Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690. We are live at M&T Bank Stadium, right on the field, actually. The Jaguars behind me, warming up for tonight's game. Ravens and Jaguars kick off 7.30 on Fox 30. 7 o'clock countdown to kickoff, and uh, we've got TV coverage on CBS 47 and Fox 30 leading up to 7 o'clock. And then I want to remind you, too, post-game tonight, we'll have some reaction from Doug Marone, some of the players that did play uh, 10.30 tonight on Fox 30. And then we'll recap it all tomorrow. I'll be back in Jacksonville uh, hanging out uh, with Austin once again on Friday from the studio. Or we might even go live from the Jumbo Shrimp. We're not sure. If you haven't heard, Bo Jackson is throwing out the first pitch for the Jumbo Shrimp tomorrow night. So that is really cool. And uh, if you get a chance to go out to the Jumbo Shrimp game, maybe you see Bo Jackson. That would be nice. And you only have nine more chances, I think, including tonight to see the Jumbo Shrimp play in the 2019 season. I'll talk about this a little bit more tomorrow, but it's been an unbelievable year for the Jacksonville Jumbo Shrimp from a marketing standpoint. They have had so many things, and uh, tomorrow's just another one of them, Bo Jackson, throwing out the first pitch. If I could let you know, Austin, uh, if you probably can't really make it out. They're so small names, but it would be like a sheet this long that I'm holding up. Okay. About how many people are going to be inactive tonight for the Jags. Okay. <laughs> that's like the whole roster. Okay. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Uh, but, again, that's coming out at 6 o'clock officially, and uh, we'll respect uh, the Jags on that behalf and, and not uh, let that out early. But as people have talked about and predicted and, and the way the NFL is now, we talked about it yesterday a little bit, Frontline guys just aren't going to play, and that's just uh, most likely across the NFL that is going to be the case. But I want to talk about that now because do you play young players like Kylo Murray and Dwayne Haskins for Washington? Do you let those guys get out there, get a feel for the NFL, get a feel for the speed, and is there a benefit to doing that? Uh, I think it looks like those two teams are going to do that, Austin, sure. which is good for the fan. Is it the right move for the player? I really I think it is uh, because you take into account, especially from the quarterback position, that's all about timing. That's all about feel. You just don't get the same game feel in a practice. Um, so you have to, especially a young first year, second year quarterback, you got to take him through the ringer a little bit. You know, I think Josh Allen's another prime example. Josh Allen from the Buffalo Bills, not the one from uh, Jacksonville. Uh, you know, a guy for all things considered didn't really have that great rookie year of a season. I think Sam Darnold as well, where they're going to let him roll a little bit. I feel like because you have to let him get that game experience and and get that feel for the most part. Um, a prime example last year would have been Baker Mayfield. You know, Baker Mayfield was a guy who I want to say played a majority. I think he played in every single preseason game except the, the last one, but he, he got a lot of reps, and guess what? He balled out during those reps as well. So it kind of gave him, I think, confidence and gave him a good feel for when the season started, and all things considered, had a pretty successful rookie campaign. I think it's interesting, Austin, because I'm not sure these guys are put in a great situation. Think about it. 
from an evaluation standpoint, they're given vanilla offenses to mm. run, especially from a QB situation. Now, it's nice because you shouldn't have to think too much and you go play and react, but still, you're not really seeing the playbook. They're not really running your offense as you will in another month or so. Yeah. And on top of that, you're usually, usually, nowadays, in this first game, playing against the second-team defense. Like, mm-hmm. like, if Lamar Jackson goes out there today, uh, which I haven't even heard. I haven't even checked on the Baltimore side. I should have, but I haven't checked. Uh, I'm assuming he's not going to play, and I think you'll see a lot of Trace McSorley. But if even Lamar Jackson or even a Trace McSorley, you're not going against this powerful defense as we know it. You're going against a bunch of second-team and third-teamers, not to knock them. But yeah. So the evaluation side of that, I think, is tricky. And also, just the from a quarterback or an offensive guy's standpoint, running your scheme, running your offense, running the playbook that you run in practice, doing that under the lights in this setting, you really don't get a feel for that because nobody wants to give anything away. It's a good point, you know, and that's why I'm going to be kind of watching Gardner Minshew tonight because all things considered, he's not really known to be that much of a of a, of like a dual-threat kind of guy, right? I mean, he's more of like the traditional passer, um, you know, a guy that's a little bit on, on the shorter side and, you know, is kind of lacking a little bit of arm velocity. So it's going to be interesting to see tonight how his leadership is, um, how he's under pressure. Can he make those big throws as opposed to like a Trace McSorley, a Kyler Murray, who those are guys that can use their legs a lot. And especially your first game of your NFL career, even though it's preseason, w- you know, once you start feeling that pressure, I mean, it, it's kind of your natural instinct, I feel like, as a quarterback to run if you, if you have the ability to run. So those guys kind of have it made easy, right? I mean, if you have the ability to run like Baker Mayfield did kind of last year, if things start to break down a little bit, I think the quarterback's clock goes a little faster than what they expect just because they're a little nervous or a little hyped up. So they have the ability to use their legs a little more. Well, with Gardner Minshew, I don't think he has that, you know, he has that ability to say. So I'm, I'm curious to see how he, how he performs tonight. Well, we got a little swag at the QB spot right now. That Gardner we do. Minshew and Alex Magoo <laughs> throwing Tanner Lee out there, too. Uh, Minshew wearing, like, looks like he's going to run a cross-country event after this because he's got short <laughs> shorts on. Uh, it looks like he watched you fight your last fight in the cage. Oh, so it's it's aggressively short is what you're saying. <laughs> and yeah. uh, he does have the bandana on as he's warming up as well sure. in a T-shirt. Um, and, and it looks like he's got kind of, like, I don't know what kind of T-shirt he has on, but it's not like a Jags. Like game day practice oh, jersey that's, that's, t-shirt. You know, that's going like to be a, an equipment violation right there, Brent. You better tell him. He's not in uniform. You I better tell, tell him. Yeah, I can't tell. I, I, it might be. Maybe it's a Nike brand thing. I, I don't even know. I can't really tell. But Sure. Uh, remember the quote from yesterday I gave you? Nick Foles said, Gardner Minshew is just a chill dude yep. wearing a bandana. Who can really sling the rock. And that's what he looks like right now. We'll see what he looks like at 7.30 tonight. All right, around the rest of the NFL, uh, Jets and Giants play. So you talked about a little bit. Daniel Jones will make his debut. I think they're going to play him. Sure. And uh, why wouldn't they play him, right? they got Eli Manning. And uh, that will be an interesting test just to see what he looks like. And I can already feel it. Don't you just get the feel that Daniel Jones is going to stink it up for a quarter oh, and a half? No, and they are just, the back pages are going to be unbelievably bad. Oh, without a doubt. I mean, that's like the most New York Giants thing ever this season, Brent. Of course he's going to have a bad game today. All right, Washington at Cleveland. I talked about it, you know, and this is something we don't talk about a lot, but it'll be interesting to see as his career goes along and if he even has a chance early uh, in his career to, to be the guy in Washington. But remember, this is a fan base here in Jacksonville. That I, I don't want to say unequivocally, I don't yeah. want to say 90%, but there was a lot of fans around draft time that wanted to go the Dwayne Haskins route. 
Mm-hmm. And this organization, obviously, in free agency, got Nick Foles, and I think that squashed a lot of it, and it's hard to argue. It's a better option to win now without question. You can't even debate it yeah. uh, than Dwayne Haskins. But that being said, it'll be interesting to see how his career projects, how he does. Washington invested in him. They got him a little bit later than a lot of people thought he might go. And uh, Dwayne Haskins will play tonight. Well, and I'm curious to see what, what exactly the plan going forward is with the Washington Redskins. Because, yes, they drafted Dwayne Haskins in the first round without a doubt. But they also have a guy named Colt McCoy. You know, and Gruden has been a big fan of him. He's coming off a broken leg, um, so he won't be playing tonight. But all things considered, you know, McCoy could still be that starter. And also Case Keenum. You know, a, a guy, for lack of a better word, hasn't performed to his best abilities yet. But is also kind of that like gunslinger type, you know. So um, we'll probably see Case Keenum tonight. Tonight from the Redskins and Dwayne Haskins. And um, from the Dwayne Haskins' perspective, we'll see what happens. I, I think it's a situation where if he performs well, he could make the push for the starting spot. But I'm not sure if Washington's ready to give him the crown just yet. Yeah, a couple more to uh, take a look at I think that are interesting. Atlanta at Miami. Miami with Josh Rosen now. Watching him play in the preseason, where he fits in. And I know everybody says down there, um, uh, why am I blanking? On who's uh, uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick? Fitzpatrick. Yep. Fitzpatrick's going to be the guy. It looks like, or at least early on, has been the guy. But it'll be interesting to see Josh Rosen. Does he have his career resurrected? Yep. Is he better than people think? Was he put in a bad spot? Should he not have been traded? A lot of questions around Josh Rosen, and we should see him in action against Atlanta tonight down in South Florida. Uh, Tennessee and Philly. Speaking of Miami, Tannehill goes from Miami to Tennessee. He should get some preseason action. They might have the best backup quarterback. Uh, spot in the, in the game. I mean, you could debate it, but Tanny Hill obviously has played some decent football in his life, has played a lot of football, and you could argue that he could be a starter. Uh, is that fair to say? Is he maybe the best? Uh, so in the so NFL? so it's funny. Um, yeah, he, he's out there for sure. You know, but uh, but a guy I'm actually really intrigued with tonight, especially, uh, is actually the backup from the Eagles, Nate. S- Sudfeld? Sudfeld, yeah. yeah. And we actually, so we have the same agent, so I know all about him. Um, he, he's a guy who the past couple of seasons has torn the preseason up. Um, and so much so that, you know, they're kind of comfortable letting Nick Foles go and having him be the legitimate backup now. So I'm kind of curious to, to watch him if he's made any progress as well. And lastly, the Chargers against Arizona. That's what the I'd one. really like to see, it, you know, Kyler Murray, we might get a glimpse of. What would be cool to see is the Chargers defense, which is really good. Against Kyle Murray, we're not going to get that. No, like, no, if, no. I wish this was like a third preseason game, so we could see that for like a quarter or a half and yeah. see how that fast and and uh, really talented defense of the Chargers could hold um, Kyle Murray in check, or maybe he could get bet- the better of them. I think that would have been an interesting matchup. Either way, to see Kyle Murray throw it around, I fully expect. Kyler Murray, who by all reports has been outstanding in camp, and I think they're getting a little too excited because it's only been two weeks of camp. But by I'm really I really think what will happen here is he will flash like a son of a gun, man. Of course. Uh, in the early part, uh, he will flash here in the preseason. He will flash early in the first month of the year, maybe even the first half of the year, and that will get people so fired up. Where it goes from there, I'm not sure. I think people will catch up to it a little bit throughout the course of the season. But with Kingsbury and 
Kylo Murray, I think you're going to see a lot of fireworks early on from the preseason to the first half of the regular season. Yeah, without a doubt. I'm not sure who's playing the music back there. It sounds like it sounds like a Ned Flanders party mix, but whatever it is, uh, it's ridiculous. But yeah, absolutely. Kyler Murray is going to be the guy to watch uh, tonight at 10, 10 p.m. in the NFL Network. Um, like I said, it's a guy that can rely on his legs a lot. And uh, we'll probably get to see if really that, that first pick of the draft paid off well for the Arizona Cardinals. One other uh, matchup tonight, too, Brian, we kind of missed, but the Seattle Seahawks take on the Denver Broncos. You know, Seattle's got DK Metcalf. Not sure if he plays tonight. If he does a little bit, I'm intrigued to watch him. And the Denver Broncos, man, with Drew Locke, what, was his first experience in the NFL, was it, just, uh, was it kind of just a bad luck, or is he actually, you know, showing what he can do in the NFL right now? as another stellar John Elway draft pick. So I'm curious to see if Drew Locke can rebound from his first game of the NFL, of the Hall of Fame game. All right, man, we're getting closer and closer. 7.30 kick, Ravens and Jaguars. Uh, a lot of the regulars will likely be out of this one. Official word coming at 6 o'clock from the Jacksonville Jaguars. We'll respect that. Uh, and Jaguars players warming up who will play tonight. Just saw uh, D.D. Westbrook walking across the field, uh, looking like he was getting a pregame warm-up in, which means and a hefty warm-up in. So that usually means probably not going to be in action and wouldn't probably wouldn't argue with that uh, for the Jacksonville Jaguars. Might be the top receiving target right now uh, for Nick Foles and the biggest playmaker on offense, maybe outside of Leonard Fournette on the Jacksonville Jaguars. We'll come back. We'll talk more about the Jacksonville Jaguars and the Ravens, maybe from the other side of things, what to see. And we'll remind you the three players on each side of the ball that we said to keep an eye on. Write it down. See if we're right. I like see it. if they play. <laughs> <laughs> I like that, too. <laughs> That's next. From Baltimore to Jacksonville, Action Sports Jacks on the road once again here on ESPN 690. I am Chris Berman, and every time I come back, back, back to Jacksonville, I listen and watch Action Sports Jacks. And you can listen and watch Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690 and, of course, on the TV side, CBS 47 and Fox 30. The brand gets bigger and bigger, and we are everywhere on your radio streaming on ESPN690.com and, of course, on all your video platforms, Twitter, Periscope, YouTube, Facebook, Twitch, and Mixer as well. So we are everywhere. We appreciate you checking out the show as it continues to grow, and it's football season. We're having fun. First game tonight, Ravens-Jaguars. We are live on the field for the last three hours, and we'll uh, put a bow on this show with maybe even a little prediction <laughs> in the preseason. Uh, I don't know, yeah. Crazy. Yeah, we'll see. Ah, maybe we get a little nuts here. Why not? <laughs> It's getting That'd nuts. That would be a little crazy. Yeah. Uh, well, remind us who you had to watch, and I yep. think you got to take everything with a grain of salt if you're listening, because the inactives are coming out in about 10 minutes. Yeah. And we don't know. there's a decent chance that well, some of the I guys don't. that we've even listed are on that list. Uh, I hear it's going to be well over 25 players that will not play from injury Oof. or just sitting out. Yeah. So, uh Whatever. Let's see what we had, and, 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 and if they play, they play. If they don't, we just cross them off the list. All right. A win is still a win. Yeah, a win is still a win. All right, so I'm taking Terrell Pryor, wide receiver. Um, I am taking if James. If he plays. If, if he plays, yeah. And, yeah, if he plays, uh, James O'Shaughnessy, if he plays. And also, Benny Cunningham, if he plays. Okay. So I, I don't know. I mean, it's just hard, man. I have no idea. Like that's all I'm taking. 
We'll see. Uh, all right. Uh, I was going with – well, that's on the offensive side of the ball. Sure. Uh, only – I said Will Richardson. Yep. Like, he's playing. I know he's playing. Okay. I said Keelan Cole, and I think he's playing. Okay. And I said – oh, Raquel Armstead. Okay. Uh, I'm not quite sure on that one. We'll see. Gotcha. And, and as far as my picks are concerned, are you pretty sure or are you not quite sure? Um – I will say, hold on a second. Yeah, you're good. Uh, who was the last one you said? You said Pryor, Cunningham, Betty and Cunningham, and Terrell Pryor, and James O'Shaughnessy. Uh, you might have a chance. <laughs> so you're saying there's a chance. All right. To, to see one of them. Oh, good. Awesome. <laughs> yeah. Maybe. I don't know. Yeah, uh, okay. We'll oh, yeah, that's all good. I mean, if there's like an IR team, uh, watch out. <laughs> Hey, I'll, if I'll keep a fan duel these guys IR are doing on the sideline. Yeah, okay, yeah. If there's like a fan duel IR team, uh, I like my chances. Uh, let's go to defense real quick, Brent. Do it. All right, defense, Josh Allen. I assume that guy is playing. He has to play. If, yeah, if he's not so. playing, you're doing everybody a disservice. So I'm taking Josh Allen. I am taking Trey Herndon, who I assume would be playing as well. And then I'm taking Dayton Jones. I think you've got a chance there. Cool. A little bit of one. <laughs> Um, actually, probably a big one. All right, great. I like your chances. So you All right, see that uh, my chances on defense, not so much on offense. Noted. Let's go on my defense. I said Taven Bryan. I like my chances. He's going to play. Uh, I said Najee Good. I think he's going to play. Uh, and then I said Andrew Wingard, and he's going to play. Okay. And I mean, I kind of tongue in cheek Andrew Wingard, but it really is interesting to see what they can have emerge at the safety position. Yeah, you know, I mean, it's one of the big question marks along with weak side linebacker on their defense. It re- might be the only question mark is the guys that are starting. Forget about the guys that are in the backup role. So I do think that safety position. Can we fall in love with someone back there? Can they be a training camp star that everybody wraps their arms around? You know, there's always that guy. There's always there's always the cap cappies of the world. You know, <laughs> I know exactly <laughs> what you're talking about too. Even though I wasn't watching the preseason closely, I knew he was kind of a folk hero in the city of Jacksonville for a couple yeah. weeks. There's, <laughs> there certainly are uh, those guys. And, and then you get the ones that make the team. You get your Keelan Coles, and they produce, you know, and they, they are stars of camp. And then you get your other guys that are stars of camp and never really contribute because when the lights really came on, they weren't so good. Uh, are you really going to give Are you really playing FanDuel game tonight? No, Brent, that's crazy. Who, 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 who plays FanDuel during preseason? You oh. lost $4 last week, I heard. Yeah, I'm trying to get that $4 back. <laughs> Hush your mouth, Brent. <laughs> uh, what do you think? Do you do you think we will see low scoring or high scoring? Can we run it around? Probably against backup defenses, even though you have two of the top five defenses in the NFL. Do you think we'll get some points? See, I'm thinking it's going to be a lower scoring game just because you have two first year quarterbacks. Um, you know, and two quarterbacks that were taken kind of late in, in the draft. So I'm expecting a lower-scoring game, especially with two great defenses with defensive depth. So I'm thinking low-scoring. You? Yeah, you know, yeah, probably. I mean, I guess that's the way to go. But I, I'm i interested to see if these offenses can exploit some things. I'm sure. really interested to see on the Baltimore side of things. Like, I know they're going to stay vanilla. But how tricky do you think it is to coach their quarterbacks when you have a guy like Lamar Jackson who can do all the read-option type stuff? 
And I know Trace McSorley can move, but he's not that guy. No. You know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. It's almost like, are you playing two different offenses, or is there just a wrinkle or two for Lamar? No, I think there's just kind of just like a wrinkle or two for Lamar. Um, because all things considered, I think they're going to let him pass the ball a lot more when the season starts th- uh, this year, not rely on his legs so much, a.k.a. to try to keep him healthy. So um, while it's going to be very basic, I'm not going to be surprised if I see Trace McSorley run all around the field. But all things considered, it's going to be pretty basic stuff. All right. Uh, well, hey, that will do it from M&T Bank Stadium on the radio side. Uh, we got a football game here in about an hour and a half. 7.30 on Fox 30 will be kickoff. I'll be on the sidelines for that. We have our pregame show on TV, 7 o'clock. Join the whole Action Sports Shack uh, staff on the TV side of things and uh, ready to go live on CBS 47 and Fox 30 a couple times in the next hour as well. In fact, when I go live on TV in a couple minutes, yeah. I'll be able to let you know how many players are not playing. That's coming out in just a few minutes, so we'll get the official word from the Jacksonville Jaguars. All, All right, right, man. Fantastic. Well, then maybe I'll go on Twitter and change my players to watch them as well. <laughs> you, you might want to change a couple of them. <laughs> <laughs> Noted. <laughs> All right. Hey, Scott, thanks for hanging with us today, man. We'll do it again tomorrow. Always a treat, brother. See you tomorrow. All right. Uh, from Jacksonville and Austin Lane to up here with Stuart Weber doing all the hard work. And I'm Fred Martin, live at M&T Bank Stadium in Baltimore. Thanks for hanging with us all week long on Action Sports Shacks on ESPN 690. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.